0: Welcome to IRL Pod, the most relatable podcast in the entire world. I'm your host, Brady, and each and every episode, we're going to sit down with a guest who I think is living an interesting real life. This is our first two-person interview. Today we have Rachel and LeLynn, who I'm hoping I'm saying correctly, to be yes, honest. Yes, you are. I, yeah, <laughs> we've only really met a couple times and yeah. uh, don't want to get it wrong. Um, you guys own the Hilltop Pizzeria, uh, Lara Coffee Co. out there in Colova. Um And you also own United Freight Solutions. Is that? Yeah. Yep. That's correct. Okay, cool. You guys are just an absolute power couple, just run multiple businesses. and <laughs>
1: It doesn't feel like it, but there are a couple of businesses, yeah.
0: Yeah, you're not sitting still. (laughs) So why don't you uh, add to the intro there. Tell us a little bit more about you guys um, so that I'm not doing all the talking.
1: (laughs) Cool. So I guess... Um, I grew up in Perth, Lillian in Melbourne and we met in Sydney and we came from completely different industries and now mostly our focus is hospitality.
0: Because you have a commercial background, don't you?
1: I was in my um, like software development, like product yeah. management and, and team leadership in yeah. software development. Yeah, that was, um, that still helps me today, I would say, but it, it's very different, very different culture, diff- yeah, very different type of work to what we do now.
2: Yeah, well, my background is very different. I um, am a qualified pilot with about 3,000. Pilot? 3, 000,
0: yeah. You're hiding all these info. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: so I have about 3,000 hours of flying time. Um, got commercial licenses in three countries Sri Lanka, Australia. And the us so like uh people travel yeah or? well it um it with aviation it's slightly different like commercial license is the first thing you get to actually um get paid to fly yep. and then when you're flying the boeings and air buses you gotta go into what's called the air transport pilot license so um i've done the theory part for it but then unless you fly uh, it's another i think 1500 hours on a certain type of aircraft um you can't actually qualify and get the actual air transport pilot. That's a lot of
0: hours. That makes me far more
2: confident when I'm on a plane. Like
0: I feel like the pilot should know what they're doing after all that.
2: Yes. I mean, um it's it's interesting because a lot of people assume that once you get qualified, it's like, you know, you get your degree, you walk out, you get into a job. Whereas in aviation you get your qualification, which is the license, but then each individual aircraft after a certain weight which is about 5700 kilograms takeoff weight you need to get what's called a type rating so unless you have that specific type rating you can't fly them so um a lot of people who have no idea like oh so you're not qualified no it's it's different because every aircraft is different every aircraft handles differently so anyway yeah, that's a lot about aviation but um yeah i um I'll, qualified pilot. Um, I tried to get into Sri Lankan Airways um, in 2007, um, but at the time there was a civil war in Sri Lanka, so that didn't work out. So I came back to Australia. Um, well, I studied in Australia, didn't enter the US, got my commercial license, went to Sri Lanka. Couldn't get in, came back, and then I got into freight forwarding, which is completely different. <laughs> yeah, it's <that laughs> not like the same thing at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, like after I got my commercial license, I flew in Sri Lanka for a private business guy who owned his own aircraft who traveled around Sri Lanka. Um, at the time, I just had kind of like a aha uh-huh moment where I realized that I couldn't live off a suitcase. It was really cool because when I was four years old, Um, my birthday cake was an airplane that's how young i was when i knew you've been into
0: this a long time
2: yes and it was like business every time um and my parents were really keen on um understanding what we wanted to do when we grew up so me my brother we sat down when we were like i was i think about 11 he was about 14 um they're like all right what do you want to do with your life so that they can budget the education and things like that so Everything from then on was like, okay, you need to do mathematics, you need to do physics, because these are the things you need for aviation. Like supportive and pushy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So everything's like, it was a bit of pressure as well, but then it was for the right reasons. Yeah. And then that affected how long you did it for from the sounds of it. Yeah, Yeah, because um, it was interesting and it was really cool because I've got two uncles, one's a senior captain in Sri Lankan Airways, the other one was working for Emirates and he's retired now. Um, So I had a lot of background and it was really cool growing up, seeing pilots around and that that really cool idea of traveling the world was really exciting. But then once I got into it, and even though I was only flying internally in Sri Lanka, um, getting up at three in the morning to be prepared to for a flight at six meant that I had to be at the airport at 4.30, checking the weather, doing the flight plans. And when you're flying small aircraft, you don't have a flight planner or a flight planning team doing everything. So you do everything yourself. Oh, nice. So you're heavily responsible, you know, for six to eight people every day that you travel. So not only is the pressure at the start of the day it's the pressure of actually flying the aircraft as well and then you can have bad weather or at the time like I said, Sri Lanka had a civil war. So if we were going to the north of the country, which I did only about five times, we had to actually veer off to um to the Indian Ocean um for like five nautical miles and then come back in because there was like surface to air missiles and RPGs and stuff. Oh, so gosh. <laughs> I didn't know this. So like this is like this was like tension that and all the airports in Sri Lanka, besides the international world, well, these two airports, are all military air force airports. So when you land there, you know, you get casualties, you see them and you see the reality of war. And again, that's all different, but um, yeah, at the time I realized that, you know, waking up at three in the morning and you're constantly, if you're doing overnight flights, you're living off a suitcase. I was like, I'm not sure whether I wanted to do this, but still I pursued it as much as I could. But then couldn't get into Sri Lankan Airways at the time. Yeah, it's a lot of bravery to move away from something you went for your whole life. Like it, yeah, it can yeah. be really tough because a lot of the people that you know only know you for doing that. So they like are wrapped up in your identity. Exactly, and, and because I started... I mean, my brother decided to follow his dream of being a doctor and he followed that right to the end. So it was interesting when I was growing up because he was a lot more... Um, studious, and he could study a lot better than I could whereas I was more creative in the sense like I wanted to do things with my hands a lot more and things like that so there's always this comparison or you know um, the younger brothers as very playful compared to the older brother but um each had their strong suits you know so and like I said one of the key things was every time you meet someone they're like oh so you're still flying oh you haven't gotten into aviation
1: so there's this
2: automatic reaction of them going he has failed to become a pilot which um, can affect a little bit but now I'm in a position where I've gone you know what like let's buy a plane <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm in a position where I can buy a Cessna or you know um, like a Beechcraft Baron which is the aircraft I flew in Sri Lanka and I'm like one day I can actually do that so um You've I'm, gone about it another way. You haven't let go of it. You yeah. just went off to make yourself happy
0: doing other stuff and you might come back. Yeah, exactly. On and, your own terms. And I not think, getting shot at by
2: other <laughs> Well, hey, um I had to be very clear, it never happened but it was a requirement to fly away. I mm. don't want anyone to go, Oh, this dude was gonna like Talking crap about like nah. flying, there was no risk. And I don't think many of our
0: listeners have intricate knowledge of Sri Sh- Sh- uh, Lanka's <laughs> Sh- um, military, Sh- like recent <laughs> <basic laughs> history. <laughs> yeah, but Look, they're not gonna like pull out a map and a compass and be like, "Where was he?" <laughs> yeah, shit. <laughs> yeah. I yes.
2: just want to be very clear that they, the because of the risk, I had we had to do that. So it was very interesting. That was yep. a really cool part of my life where we were constantly like. Um, you know, involved with the Air Force because you hear stories about them flying the aircraft and they had like the C-130s and it was an Avro I think, Um, different aircraft, there's a Y-12 like you compare like notes with the Air Force pilots when you go there because you not the guys who fly the MiGs and stuff but it was really cool, it was a really awesome part of my life but then from there, geez, like things went in various ways Um, but which I'm, I'm not like,
0: sure we can sort mm-hmm. of enjoy in your stories.
2: Yeah. I realise yeah. I said uh,
0: commercial background before, and the word I was looking for was corporate.
3: Yeah, yeah. Which and is knew, a very different yeah. thing. Yeah,
0: well, <laughs> So why fun. don't you run us through that? Instead of my rambling, which cool, yeah. obviously messed it up once.
1: So so pretty much everything I've done's kind of happened by chance. Like I left school when I was 15 and had no idea what I wanted to do. Originally, I wanted to be an architect when I was little because I loved buildings.
0: I wanted to be an architect. Did you? Yeah, I did all the math courses in year 11 and then didn't do year 12. Yes. So I wasn't going to have
1: Awesome. I when I went into year 11, I was focusing on art, which was not going to get me into architecture. No. And I, physics. I, you, and and maths, I kind of left behind. No, I did so. physics,
0: maths, engineering, design and technology and visual art. Nice. <laughs> and I think that's the path. But yeah, no, it's, it's like five classes of math. I slept yeah. and then finished school early. Awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> yes. I, I, I can feel for you there. So how did you go from architect to...
1: Yeah, so I kind of just gave up on that. Yeah. Um, and then when I was 15, I left school and just did some like hospitality work, did some traineeships. Um, and then I found myself working in a customer service department for like a um, like a national um, wholesale business. Um, and then I ended up staying there for eight years. It took me kind of from Perth to Sydney and I moved into the IT department, started managing people, learn about software. I then like did my degree online while I was doing that. And then I kind wow. of it kind of just eventuated from like, being in that business
0: spend a lot of time trying to get into that <laughs> job and you just sort of just kind like of, you <laughs> worked for it but you, you didn't aim for it it just happened yeah yeah exactly crazy. I worked
1: really hard but yeah. I never really had a plan so yeah. I was just really fortunate to have really good people around me that I worked for and worked with and
0: it sounds with- like they saw your potential and wanted you to you know benefit their
2: business so, I think so yeah no, that's so, cool yeah. I've got a little snippet of so i went to one of rachel's christmas parties and there was people just walking up going you're rachel's boyfriend just want to let you know Rachel is an amazing person. She was like... Was like the people
0: told that to you like
2: you didn't know. No. Like, <laughs> then like, never like, said it's no, me. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was hilarious. Would never do. <laughs> it was hilarious. Just these random people. Just, oh, you're Rachel's boyfriend. Look, I haven't met her before, but every time we have a meeting or a conference, we talk about her because she's... Amazing. So, like, her work ethic is ridiculous. I'm yeah. still
1: trying to figure out who that was, but uh, who I don't.
2: Knows? I do know that about
0: your work ethic, though. Uh, it is an astronomical. I don't know many people who want to go to work as much as I do. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you beat me there. Yeah, a, yeah, it's a, too almost too driven there.
1: Yeah, life's very like kind of different now in that respect. I think our work is very different. But um, yeah, then I ended up doing like some consulting for a um, like a software development kind of um, a company that enables other companies to be better at building software and managing teams oh wow um, and then I moved to NYIB which is an accounting software company and that I think kind of helped in a big way setting us up for or me personally because Lillian kind of had a bunch of this knowledge already but setting me up for understanding financials of a business and like how a balance sheet works and income statement and, and all of the bookkeeping stuff and the accounting kind of stuff that goes into running a business, which is super
0: handy now. It would be. Everybody sort of thinks that stuff is just easy. It's some out, some in, but it's real noon.
1: Yeah. And software makes it feel easy, but if you don't know what you, what's going on behind the scenes, it can Mm -hmm. be a little bit worrying. So that's not necessarily that much fun, but that was pretty handy. And, um, it was when, uh, I was working for NYB for a couple of years and we decided to move to the Highlands cause we were both in, we were in Sydney living together in the inner West before that. Um, so why the Highlands? How did that? Yeah. So again, kind of like by chance. So <laughs> we, we need to, um, Jacob and Deb through, so yep. the company Lillian worked for, um, it's owned by, um, like Deb's family. Um, I didn't so know that
0: yeah when um, people like
2: communicate their relationships yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. De- deb's cousin I, I was working for deb's cousin and i guess deb's uncle well deb's dad um was uh, a managing director there as well till he fell ill but um yeah so that's where i met jacob and i can remember his story like he when i spoke to him at the time he was like yeah i'm opening a brewery and like seven years later he's got this massive place now
0: i think he actually has said you guys followed them down here yeah 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 totally yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. that it's was his because yeah statement of how he knew you guys for a while yeah he's like yeah they followed us yeah
1: because like, we'd come down here for like just to to go to the brewery as they were like getting it ready and we were so excited that whole for... one year process yeah <laughs>
3: yeah <Four
0: buggers.
1: laughs> that big journey they went on um, and we would come down and kind of love the area. And we thought maybe within like five years when we think about having family and stuff, we'll move down here. Um, and I always looked at property online all the time. Yeah. And I found this place that um, had a shed and a garage and didn't have like a huge house, but had like an okay size house. I didn't want a huge house because the idea of cleaning a huge house is not appealing to right?
0: me. Right? <laughs> like, I don't care how much money I ever make, right? If I somehow made a whole bunch,
1: i don't want a big home yeah that sounds awful unless you have cleaners which yeah. we
0: don't oh, no, so <laughs> but,
2: but the thing is like it, it's for me I, it's embarrassing to have cleaners and gardeners i sure. i don't know personally like i said i like my. i could do with, with a garden. <laughs> i hate mowing the lawn you know those guys who like mowing them? not me yeah nope, i hate mowing the lawn she got me a christmas present a ride
0: on mower. best thing ever so that, that i'd be down with but you wouldn't have a lawn by the end i'd just be doing donuts. Like, but no, actually, mowing the lawn, I'm not one of these people who find satisfaction in that. That's, yeah, a gardener like, I could do, but a cleaner? Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: So I found this place. I was in Perth at the time, actually, and I sent him a link to it, and I'm like, we should go look at this place. We weren't like <laughs> getting ready to buy a place, we didn't have like all of our savings ready and everything. But once we had a look at it, we just thought we'll figure out a way to buy it. And yeah, we did. And we moved down a lot earlier than we thought we ever would yeah
2: um, that was it was by luck because she sent the link and i'm like look we can't buy the first house we see so there's that's, a rule that's, that's a rule right yeah, yeah. That, like so i grew up again like everyone used to say oh you gotta at least look at like 50 to 100 houses before you find the right one i know it seems that's like a a, oh, that's, that's a lot that's a high number but <laughs> i mean i grew up in the highlands where like i grew up in
0: hilltops, so back then there's a population of like Two thousand people, so that, there was like only hundred houses. Yeah, <laughs> fifty to one hundred houses. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But I've seen all the houses. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not yeah. Half my
2: friends live in them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like we were like, okay, next few weeks we're just gonna come in, have a look at random places, and see what we can see. And it was interesting because we we're like, oh, great, this has potential because we can make it our own. So we'll like renovate this, and we can put the shed there because now that house was the house you know like the one that we want and that was our level it has to be anything above that so i mean we were looking at pricing and at the time like we really didn't have a deposit thanks to my dad um he kind of he kind of um helped us out um, yeah. to get the deposit ready and stuff so that helped a lot and then yeah we were like you know what this is the only one we actually like around here that we could afford
1: <laughs> yeah. like backs onto the bush and it's got plenty of like open space, not too big. And we had, we lived in a two bedroom apartment before we moved down here. So we had so much stuff. like Our shed and garages full and the houses too. So, um, yeah, we kind of wanted the, the space to put, play, put stuff in. And yeah, so we figured out a way to get that moved in a couple years ago. And then I was still commuting to Sydney, um, four days a week. I
0: going to ask how this worked with jobs because obviously you didn't just like start a business, buy a house all at once. So there was a process there.
1: Yeah. Well, I was every day I would catch the, before we moved, catch the ferry to work, looking at the maps going, how am I going to get to work in the most efficient way? And two hours was the shortest trip I could, two hours one way was the shortest trip I could that's kind of find. kind of
0: gross on a daily basis because if you're talking about an eight-hour workday, which it's never eight hours, but if yeah. it's an eight-hour workday and you're spending four hours commuting, yeah, that's that's a lot of day it already. Felt it like doesn't leave lot. much room for living.
1: The <laughs> company was really good, actually, NYB that I worked for. They were really supportive in me, like working flexibly and working remotely. Obviously, prior to COVID, people didn't work remotely and working from home as much um but they were really good about that um but then we opened the coffee trailer so we when we worked and lived in sydney we had um we decided to buy you you're probably better than to tell the story but we decided to buy this little coffee trailer which kind of like set us on this journey of coffee yeah, and coffee. And yeah
0: so i
1: think a, a coffee trailer out there by the way is brilliant
0: like i, I grew up in hilltop so i and then i moved back there when i got older and back and forward and then that journey it's not that far mm. but it's a bit to do without coffee like, totally yeah and you've got to be alert because there's all sorts of kangaroos and wombats everywhere and uh the occasional dog unfortunately yeah. so yeah, i've had a very bad experience i'm not going to like traumatize oh, no. viewers but <laughs> the the cutting there it's just um it's the name for this road where it's just literally rock on either side of you um stacked like uh like six meters tall sort of thing um and you drive through it in two lanes at 80ks which is just already crazy and then every now and again a kangaroo will jump off the wall onto the ground and then back (laughs) up or a dog's wandering along the road and yeah one night there was a dog and there was three cars behind me one coming towards me
3: oh no so yeah it's pretty
0: pretty sad but I'm not the only one with that story in this area Mm -hmm. um so many people are but that Doing that road without a coffee is awful. And <laughs> so
1: the other thing is people tend to, if they're heading towards Sydney, there's actually nowhere else to get a coffee other than 7-Eleven. And we know how good yeah. their coffee is. So, And that's yeah. still not
2: for a while either. Yeah. You know, it's another so 30 k's. Fezzer's Nest is the closest rest stop. Place, yeah. So,
0: so it's, it's yeah. quite a way. So you guys yeah. opening a coffee van there is just, it's so good. I love the idea.
2: Yeah, I mean, that was a very interesting thing. So I was working for one of the freight forwarding companies before I was like a national operations manager. And I think this sealed the deal about me traveling um, because I was like um, traveling, I, I think in the month of August in 2018, I traveled 28 times in the span of the month. That's, um damn. like every day. <laughs> yeah. Literally every day. And because uh, we had warehouses in Brisbane, Melbourne and Sydney. And um, the reason I tell this story is because I was in Sydney, came, uh, sorry, I was in Melbourne, came back to Sydney next morning, another flight to Brisbane and came back to Sydney again, Melbourne. And then from Melbourne, I went direct to Brisbane. And I told my boss at the time, I said, look, I, I'm going to stay in brisbane for two days and i told rachel you guys come in on the friday night um when i said you guys i think uh, your mom, mom was
1: yeah my mom was coming to sydney i think and then so we decided we'll go to brisbane she ended up having a really bad flu and was in bed <laughs> in the hotel the whole time we were there but um apart from one day yeah but um but yeah I, I, but
0: we so you so know sorry just to interrupt in a not a post-covid world but a world after covid still around um after lockdown and all that sort of stuff Could you have done that job without all of that travel? Yes. um, Well, that's a lot of going about and being there in person. When you're like, well, could you have zoomed that? I mean, you wouldn't have had to wear pants. (laughs) Well,
2: I totally agree. But um, one of the challenges was um, one of the key products we were importing was ammonium nitrate, which is a fertilizer. Um, and it comes from Israel and, um, one of, uh, ammonium nitrate can be used for bad things. I was going to say, is
0: that, that that's quite <laughs> oh. explosive. Yes. yes. Um, and <laughs> that's my science knowledge right there. So. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the limit.
2: <laughs> and, um, it, it was one of my key responsibilities to make sure the stock was accurate and, and the, um, the warehouses we were using was highly unreliable. Um, they had. Um, um, a lot of casual workers uh, working there. And one time we lost um, eight pallets, which was eight tonne of ammonium nitrate. So lost? Lost. Well, <laughs> <Please> luckily um... <laughs> it was misplaced. Um, yeah, cool. <laughs> And this was what, one of the reasons. Like one day I'll be in Sydney in the office at 2.30 in the afternoon and I find out from one of the operators who's managing the uh, inventory going, uh, we've lost eight tonne with eight ton of potential explosive has gone missing you can't
0: do that conversation on zoom no so
2: (laughs) i had to physically go to brisbane walk through a warehouse and i'm talking these warehouses was holding cotton um at the time they were holding fertilizer they were holding um ferraris (laughs) Uh, so it's this i mean these guys were unpacking and storing various kind of things and it could have been anywhere and i think it was something like 20 or thirty thousand square foot of warehousing wow. so and i had to physically walk around looking for these specific pallets guess what one of the casual workers who worked six months ago decided to just park these eight pallets behind <laughs> um, some steel extrusions Yeah. Um, and it just sat there so we found it which was God. Fantastic,
1: fantastic, yeah, fantastic. But, but you good. can't physically
2: find anything you
0: can't do it on present. zoom <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: so um, how to do it on zoom yeah <laughs>
0: cool.
3: I gotcha so
2: that, things like that that's too much travel and so that seals the deal for you that, I, mean, 28 for days I do month. not want to be a pilot that was like yeah. sealed the deal going I'm not going to be living out of a suitcase it's not my thing But at the same time, on on that um, last trip that was at the end of that month, um, I was in Brisbane and had a very high tension, high stressful phone call with my managing director on the Friday night. And funny enough, I was dropping off Rachel's mom to the hotel, and I told her, "I'm sick, (laughs) mom." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I I told her, "Why don't you um, jump off? Because there was no parking. I'll do a lap around. Make sure that's the hotel. I'll be back." And it took me 45 minutes with my managing director having this phone call at 7.30 at night on a Friday. Um, And her mom's waiting outside in the call waiting for me because I was meant to do a five minute lap. And anyway, um, that was one of my turning points of going, this is not for me. But um, at the same time, anyway, we uh, on the Saturday morning, we went for breakfast um, to a uh, it was a, probably a cafe, kind of like coffee bar slash cafe. And then, like, I was looking at the barista that was standing there. And, like, I was like, I said, Rach, I think we could do something like this. And that was, like, that was the point where I went, maybe I could just do something very simple. Like, it's very algor- um, very algorithmic, where there's no too much of, like, thinking about the anything.
1: complexity is pretty low. Yeah. and But it's, like it's pretty intense at times, but yeah, you get into good flow. Yeah.
0: And having worked in just like lots of different restaurants and cafes and stuff, I do fully get what you're saying. And it's, yes, it's not a hard job in terms of the amount you have to learn. You just get taught it and then you know it, right. That's it. It's sorted. So it's all learning a routine and then implementing the plan again, 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 Yeah. But those high stress moments, they're, they're, different level like you learn how to move at speeds you didn't know you could <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs>
1: and you learn who doesn't move at speeds yeah. that really needs to move at speeds yeah that's uh <laughs>
0: there's a whole category of humans who should not be in hospitality but they can't do anything else so
2: that's where they are <laughs> yeah. and uh, oh, it's the worst we won't get on into that that could be a very challenging three-hour no, conversation no. maybe we'll get into that in the challenges <laughs> <also>. yeah
0: employees <laughs> listening of rachel on the lens uh if you're wondering who it is, it might be you. <laughs> no, we're so
1: lucky to have the best team, actually. no,
0: I'm aware. So, that you, yeah. you only ever talk
2: kindly of them.
0: Did you already own the United Freight Solutions before you did Lara Coffee? Yep.
2: Yeah, um, so it's Unified Freight Solutions. Unified, sorry, sorry. I can't um, read my own that was, So that was registered as a company in 2011 when um, when I was working in Melbourne with two amazing directors that... Um, Guided me in business, to be honest. Um, one of them kind of took me under the wing, and um, he showed me a few things of the business world. I actually met one of the founders of JB Hi-Fi oh. through him, which was so just really to impressive. Get that timeline. So you owned that,
0: but you were working
2: for someone as yeah, well. Yeah. So I registered the company, but really nothing was happening um, at the time. But I did buy a website called Pickups Online. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, this is an interesting story, actually.
2: Well, uh, it sounds like...
0: I'm happy <laughs> to divert from Lara Coffee to find out how you thought that was a great idea. Like, pickups online. on, like, that, That's almost as bad as it... Is it YouTube Red is the name for...
1: Oh, the paper. The,
0: the premium of YouTube. Yeah. And, like, yeah. no one went, guys, do you know what... Red too. <laughs> like, like yeah. how did that happen? This. Do you know like, what you've done? Yeah. Was it on purpose? I don't know. So you've gone pickups online, which yeah. makes sense if you
2: know what the business already is. But Do if I, you don't, I've and never that was the trick. Yeah. That so way. that was the trick about it. Um, I actually bought it off someone else um, who had a very successful courier service so um what what was he driving at (laughs) (laughs) so the interesting part was in 2000 between 2009 and 2011 um we the the online marketplace of like you know parcels getting transported around australia or imported was non-existent i would say so at the time um if you were to actually ship small goods like say for example uh pack of beer or something, a six pack of beer. Um you can't just walk in and go, hey, I need to send this out and Australia Post packs it up. I don't know how alcohol works, but that's the excuse. Uh, Yeah. yeah, Um they will do it now, but those days it wasn't actually a service. So you had to go to the likes of Tall IPEC or um, there was a few other places that you could go to actually do it. And there was businesses that were doing different things that sold in Etsy and stuff like that yeah. um, at the time, but obviously not through Etsy, but they had their own businesses. But those businesses could not find a company that could actually send these parcels. So like likes of Toll IPEC and there was other few, I can't remember, I think Transdirector used to do it. Um, they... Didn't really want small accounts. So when I say a small account, if you're only spending say five to ten grand a month, um, they weren't these big companies weren't really not interested. So this guy actually bought the uh, created the business pickups online. So any small business can go in put the size of the parcel the dimensions get a price book it and then on the back end we would use um different couriers like star trek was one of them before they were bought out by australia post um we had an account with tall ipec and things like that so at the time um when i purchased it it was at the peak Uh, i bought it for a, a certain amount but i saw the potential on improving the website because i had done some web design and i saw all the places where there were pain points in it so i spent about 20 grand maybe um just rebuilding the whole website um I, I, and even at the time there wasn't you know the likes of fiverr to go in and get web designers so yeah um i was contacting yeah. web designers in india Can um, just air task our... yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly so um i got a couple of people and i revamped the whole website um Little did I know that Star Trek was going to get bought out by Australia Post and things like that, which was happening in the next coming years. But I I sold that business for a profit. But that was one of the first business components that was under Unified Freight Solutions. So um, it was part of um, my, you know, that would I would say my first business um, that was fairly successful i did make a bit of a profit when i sold the business out um but yeah that's that's how i registered the company but it was dormant for a fair bit of time while i was working for Uh, everyone else and then you decided coffee (laughs) well yes coming back to that and I, i was saying like in brisbane when i was sitting there i was telling rachel hey we should try something like this and the the one of the key things that i used to know about cafes was the outlay like i remember talking to people and they're saying oh, actually one of the offices i work i spoke to the owner of the cafe and he said oh it was it cost him like hundred fifty thousand dollars to you know um, fit out the whole co- um, cafe and set everything up and things like that so that actually deterred me because i am not a fan of um, borrowing money on things that i i'm not sure that I could do it. Um, it's it's
0: hard to gamble on that investment. Yeah. Like you, you're sure you know how to make coffee, but are you sure you're going to make enough coffee to pay off the tables? Like, yeah, exactly, it, exactly.
1: But we went out to um, we were looking for Morton Bay bugs because <laughs> we were we thought we were close. Right. When we are in
2: Brisbane. We were in Morton yeah. Bay.
1: We went to Morton Bay and we were like, this must be where the bugs are. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we, we couldn't find any. But <laughs> what we did find was, well, we went up the road a little bit further to this beautiful beach with a jetty. And it had, a, there was a guy with a moped with like a, like coffee cart on the back.
2: And a moped?
1: Yeah, it was like a scooter. It was like,
2: yeah, it was a scooter. Probably not a moped. Like, it's not a. It looked like a moped to me, but (laughs) I have
1: no idea what I'm looking at. But yeah, it was a scooter with like this little, and he had some gelato, I think, and like a tiny coffee machine, and he was doing (gasps) coffee. So we thought, well, we'd just been talking about this idea of like a cafe and even in the car we were like, but what would we call it? And then we rocked up there and saw this like little portable option and we thought that kind of might be cool. So when we got back to Sydney, we were looking on Gumtree and different places for like a little coffee trailer. And we lived near um, at that point. Near like Olympic Park in Sydney, so we thought there's heaps of parks around. We'll just like park up, do some coffee on oh, the weekend. A few, there's a few council problems with that? Yeah, yeah. we didn't know about yeah. those things. Forget <laughs> that. <laughs> we had no idea at the time. Yeah, And sure. we also thought, oh, it must be pretty straightforward. You just submit. Some sure. paperwork and then they say yes and off you go I mean,
0: you don't have to so, submit a potential hazard report every single time you park and yeah you know, every crack of concrete yep
1: yeah we bought everything we needed before we did all of the homework <laughs> no <laughs> but actually it I think that was the best way for us to do it because I'm pretty quick to talk myself out of something Lalyn is if he has a vision for something he will just talk his way into everything and i'm the opposite that's why we have so you're justifying why
0: to do something and you're justifying why it's not a good idea yeah Yeah.
1: but then he because he's decided it's going to work he will make it work and then once i'm in it i'll also make it work but i'm pretty quick to back out before um before i um kind of see evidence that it's going to work so anyway we bought everything and then it was just sitting in the car park at this apartment block we lived at <laughs> and doing nothing. And then we realized like the coffee machine we had needed like high
2: 25 amp power. Couldn't power, like,
1: <laughs> supply. L- very
2: good for a trailer. No. And, yeah.
1: yeah. And the generator was not going to work with it. And we were just messing around with it for ages. But then when we moved down here, we were like, okay, let's make this work. So Lillian had resigned from his um, the freight forwarding company that he was working for. And his plan was to focus on his own business. And I was going to keep working for NYB and travel to the city. So um, anyway, we opened at, I think, 6 o'clock one morning, like in this car park we weren't allowed to be at. And um, after a couple (laughs) of weeks, we built up a few few customers and things were going pretty good um, until the council shut us down because we weren't supposed to be there. Yeah,
2: I must stress that... Like at the time, we thought it was very unfair, but there was there was reasons the council pointed mm. out, um, and obviously. Um, we weren't doing the right thing. So um, at the time, we made a huge noise about the fact that it was very unfair. But I think this is a good time to say that uh, we were in the wrong as well. We Even though totally. we put a <laughs> Section 68 <laughs> Going
0: on up. the record here to be like, ah, we fucked Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Exactly.
2: Because um, we applied for the Section 68, which is what you need to do. But we didn't have the approval when we did it. But I, I am a person who would apologize later on. Than yes, actually, for uh, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, it's just easier. And also, the just,
0: knowing look she just gave you is like every time you've come home. This
2: <laughs> <laughs> is like he comes home with this shit all the time. <laughs> Never asked me beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry we've got a um, airplane model in the garage. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> think uh, Remember but, how I said we could buy a plane? Yeah. Wow, he
1: did that with a Porsche. He came home with a Porsche, but. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> he actually, he sent me the paperwork. I was on the ferry on the way home in Sydney and he sent me the paperwork. He's like, yeah, I just bought this. And I'm like, i said, no, be,
2: you, guess what? It's like very funny. Posh. Yeah. yeah. It's a right.
1: Yeah, no, he, <laughs> he drove it home a couple of days later. But yeah, so but he's like, if he wants to do something, he just, he makes a way to yeah. make it happen.
2: The, there was a point that we missed. Um, the idea of the coffee trailer yeah. came from Sam, uh, Rachel's mom. She's the one who said, hey... Why don't you try one of those little mobile things? At the time, I couldn't even picture what she was talking about. Mm. Like she goes, and then was... De- then we went down the road or wherever we Saw went for motor, mo- yeah. yeah and then she's like oh why don't you try something like that and if we didn't get that idea of the mobile thing this whole Lara Coffee wouldn't have existed
0: so well, where's the name Lara come from why is it Lara Coffee by the way
1: so Lelene and Rachel so the first two letters of each of our <laughs> names <laughs> but all the time I, I have know. people go hi, hi Lara. Lara how you going Lara and I'm like great thanks i'm rachel but that's okay even the lady at the bank only um i say i see the same teller every time and only a month ago she was like who's rachel and i'm like yeah that's me but yeah no one no one ever gets that but that's okay <laughs> it's
2: it's hilarious there's some customers who come in and they try to pretend like they're like regular customers they're like oh um how come Laura's not here today i said sorry um who lara are you talking about yeah, yeah lara doesn't exist None you know like um, yeah but i like that mm-hmm. i
0: didn't know that that was it that's cool i'm glad i asked that <laughs> so you do the coffee cart uh why Colvale because you live in hilltop like obviously it's the stop before the highway is that the yeah, simple cart yeah. Of there, that was it
1: i mean yeah.
2: at the time when we moved here there was no good coffee around and on a oh, saturday oh, well just hold stepped on so many toes I, and i'll, I'll <laughs> reiterate there toe. was no coffee around the northern villages. Um, and I wasn't going to be driving all the way to Mittagong or to Barrel to have a good coffee. Yeah. Um, no, there's, out in Colorado Hilltop, there's not a vast amount of stuff going on. Yeah. So that that was one of the key things. Like having a good coffee is one of our, our like, daily routines. And yep. um, I found out like one of my directors that I used to work with pointed out on the place than actually buying stuff from them. And, and that's kind of like been set in my mind where like i don't buy coffee now yeah. <laughs> i just walk in and make my own and it's the same with pizzas i love pizzas and um it was a tough sell to rachel to see that we should take over the pizzeria yeah. i swear and this story um was the most interesting part Rachel and I were working in the coffee trailer in Colwell and um, there was some issues going on with, you know, the pizzeria at the time.
1: We were in Hilltop, working in Hilltop. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. It's,
2: it's moved around a lot of
0: owners. So like, obviously this is my childhood you're talking about now. So yeah. I grew up in Hilltop um, and it was, you know, pretty safe, small place. So like at a very young age, I was super into skating. So I just go down the shop and me and my friends just getting out our silver out of our pockets that we found under our couch cushions. To gather up money to buy chips from that store, which has changed about four times in that building, but the, more, and then we just more. do like yeah maybe more and we just do like two dollars worth of chips for five dudes yeah and it was it was heaps yeah. um but that that shop has changed hands so many times and it's just been such a thorn in so many people's side
1: oh. yeah so we were before getting into the pizzeria we were um in the coffee trailer Lolyn was opening it up at like four thirty in the morning working. Um, like every day, and then we're doing events and like equestrian events and sports and things on the weekend, and I was still working in the city, and then realized that that was that commute and just.
0: That's a hectic lifestyle. Yeah, and yeah. also
1: working from home. If you're the only one working from home, it's like a lot of people probably now know that if you're all working remote, you can make it work. But if you're the only one, it doesn't really it's work. Weird. Yeah yep. so we were kind of thinking of other ways of expanding and things that we could do and yeah we were they um, they'd invited us the owner of um, the at the
2: the owner at the time invited us to open in the mornings sell coffee in front of the shop on the weekends oh, okay um, so, so it's kind of cool in front yeah, of yeah. The so, pizzeria, so they yeah. were trying to make a bit of rent and help themselves not they have were to. Uh, no, for they anything. were just supporting us that yeah, that was oh, wow. all they were yeah yeah they, that's uh, like, one of the things that happened to us, I think, was there's been a few people that's guided us and helped us with a lot of the things we did. That's yes, um, the yeah. uh, The locals are, like, number one, and then there has been, like, some really close people. Like, I get uh, that, though. Like, obviously, there is bad eggs in every community, but the Highlands
0: in particular, and part of the reason doing this whole show <laughs> is just these people I keep running into who are just so ridiculously supportive and so much, yeah. like, have a go... Why can't you do this? Why can't you? They do get a bit annoyed if you're like, oh, here's my 15 reasons. Why not? <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> because they don't have patience for that. <laughs> yeah. But um, they, they are supportive. Like, uh, I mean, I keep asking people to come over every week and give me, you know, two hours of their time for free. And they're like, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like This is it awesome. Is. This this community here can, you know, it, like anywhere, it can be negative. But I think it is overwhelmingly, it has your back, like, it, which is cool that's that's awesome that's been your experience especially coming from such varied backgrounds like you're from perth you're yeah. from, from everywhere yeah, yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah so yeah that's, that's really it's, cool
2: it was really like that was one of the key reasons we succeeded I, I would say along with obviously our hard work but the i think the whole thing about you attract and uh, what you think about is so accurate because this is and, and i've got in this particular instance i've got a witness which is racial because we were in the coffee trailer and i was reading a post about the pizzeria at the time and i said babe like seriously if we take this over i reckon we could <laughs> kill it and um a week or two later um at the time you know, we got the opportunity, and then it came through. Yeah, that's how like
0: manifesting. So like, I'm a widely notoriously non spiritual human. Like, I'm super, uh, I guess not not cynical. What's the other skeptic? Like, that's that's <laughs> that's me. Um, but that like maybe it's just the because you're thinking about it, you're ready for the opportunity. It's like totally. when you you've ever played Spoto, you see more yellow cars than you ever have in your life. Yeah. It, maybe it's just that. Maybe it's not this full spiritual thing, but it does make. A hell of a lot of yeah. Yeah. Like if you if, fixate on something and then the opportunity arises, you're much more likely to be ready for it and to seize that. Which is really cool. that yeah, I think that's a point that hasn't actually come up in this show. We've had a lot of, yeah, I struggled through this and that, but not much, yeah, I wanted this. And then yeah magically it came up.
1: I think as well, like Lynn is <laughs> always looking for opportunities. And, um, like I'm looking for areas of improvement. I think that mm. everything can be improved all the time. And that's kind of what I spend most of my this mind my on. job, so the- I get that. <laughs> yeah. Sure. yeah, exactly. Um, but he can see everything before it happens and he's always looking for it. So he... He will spot it way before this, I do.
0: This is where you get those power couple things, in though, guys. <laughs> like this is where that that syncing up is just so good.
2: Oh, it's it's like it's from like Thinking go Rich, where they say you know the mastermind principle. She's good at systems, and she's bloody amazing at it. Like the reason the pizzeria is so successful is all the systems she's put in place. Like it. If it was up to me, we would have still had paper dockets that we lose on a Friday oh, night. One hundred percent.
3: We,
0: we I've spoken about this a few times. Um, like that, that uh, duality almost, or like put. Per- Maybe, maybe one or the other, I'm not sure. Um, but like, my partner's the same, she's systematic, she knows this and this and this, and she's going to make things work like this. So, the terms and conditions I sent you guys, yeah, you knew that wasn't written by me like, a hundred percent. it was very professional. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know it wasn't yeah, you, no, but <laughs> that's not me. Um, I'm just chaos walking around (laughs) like I'm like I want this so this is gonna happen yeah so we have a dining table that we used as this recording and I was like yeah I'm gonna do this and this and this and she's like you can't glue foam to the walls what are you gonna do I'm like I'm gonna work something out so we've got these these things which work really well but yeah that it, if you find a partner that can do that it makes such a difference doesn't it it is huge My god
1: it's also a big challenge because <laughs> yeah. we think completely differently yeah, yeah. And so we
0: buy i'm heads. like we need to go we need to be here to do the thing and she's like no i need to do this because there's only 10 minutes left on that i'm like i don't care yeah <laughs> she's like no but the system says we're doing this and then we're doing that i'm like yeah but
1: <laughs> i think yeah. it's definitely like tested us in um like definitely our communication and patience because you need to be able to slow down to understand what the other person is seeing and thinking and why they want what they want and when we're so used to independently just working quickly making decisions and and like doing our own thing um yeah it's kind of it's kind of a challenge but it's also like so rewarding so being able to do it together nah, yeah that's,
0: that's beautiful i like that I'll, I'll rope you back into your story Yeah. so you yeah. were showing her the things and then yeah so with the show
2: up yeah so um this opportunity and with the with lara coffee and so i was saying how sam suggested it and we all op- we got the coffee trailer then when we moved here that's when the opportunity came to open it and i was like you know what we'll do it and then we opened the trailer and it was tough. Like, at, at the start, it was tough because the first day we made, what, $52?
1: 40, um, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's not bad, shocking, bad. though.
0: I worked for a mate um, who opened his store, and I won't claim it just because, you know, he might not like that. But our, I think our first day was $32 or something like that
1: and we were like yes we have not like we made it no but but we're like we are on our way to something and this can only get better it
2: was um, and we've made friends we've made some really good friends through the coffee trailer who like came in the first day i can still remember one of the customers still comes to this this day and he was like, look at these two poor bastards, like in the cold. And at the time, we it was like 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And the square didn't work because we couldn't afford to buy the iPad at the time. When I said we couldn't afford, my theory was do not borrow anything. So we just. Oh, so, so did... you're just doing everything out of what you got. Yeah. We're very I mean, like, lean startup, yeah. like
1: minimum viable product. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Learned that from her, by the way, MVP.
1: Like in software development, a lot of what we would do is like do the minimum we need to, to test to get feedback to know whether something's worth pursuing and so that's what we did we're like we use our, we tether from our phone and we use I love that though no yeah. i love
0: that my uh, did i don't tell you how i started the pt
1: i only no. know the rain checks studio, but yeah yeah and so yeah.
0: much later much much earlier so it was always mobile that's why the name it has um i had a corolla because that's that's what i had at the time i was yeah. working in hospitality and I was, that's all i needed and I was studying to be a PT. Um, I was actually a month short of actually getting my full qualification when this guy, he's an absolutely lovely dude. He was like, come train me. And I'm like, I'm not ready. And he's like, just come on. So I'm like, all right, well, we're starting now. So I bought like a black polo shirt. I didn't have a real uniform. Um, and I loaded my car up with the equipment I had for myself for home. So it's awesome. metal, like metal <laughs> plates, like these crappy twist on barbells so yep. it's not like the olympic gear i have today yeah it's, it's all these like horrible things and i've laid the back seats of the corolla down loaded everything into it so the back wheels like it's just about scraping did you go in like, over had, any speed bumps go on very your very slowly over every speed bump <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> and i lived at the time near um the school that has like the five, of the, like Frenchham yeah there's like five speeds, <laughs> so it was awful and you could hear everything bouncing it was terrible I feel bad for the person who bought it because it was like this P plate and I'm sure that suspension needed changing yeah. um but those lean startups like I love that idea I mean I wouldn't necessarily recommend exactly what I did to other people sure. but if you can do it with what you got yeah. and then it can start earning stuff and I did every single thing this business earns goes back into it for the first year that yeah, was my plan. Insane. It didn't execute 100% to that, but it was pretty close. And I think that that is a great way to get started because heaps of people ask, you know, how do you start a business? I haven't got a mum and dad who are rich. I can't borrow the money. What yeah. do I do? I think lean startups are really good for that. That was that was my thing. And it's such a fun story now, right? Oh. Yeah. And you got the same thing. And oh. those stories, yeah. when you're living them, oh, my God, <laughs> every, every speed bump, I was like, that's going to blow a tire.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, but, like, we ran out of fuel after the first 20 minutes on our generator like this is how how (laughs) unprepared we were
1: (laughs) we had one morning we had um, like two water pipes burst and we had water going everywhere and I was trying to pretend to the customers that were coming up that everything was fine and he is holding pipes together
2: I my skin on my palm there's still a mark here because I was trying to force a a horse back in with my hand (laughs) to start (laughs) And while it's gushing water here's the thing We've just started. We've just made $48 the first day. Now we're getting double, triple the customers. And out of nowhere, one pipe burst, fixes. I fixed it with the little tools I had. Half an hour later, as soon as the
1: customers walk in,
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, simple. nothing happens in yeah. the downtime. It's only when you're busy. Yeah. There's time. certain
1: things where I'm like, if things go wrong, I'm like, yeah, we'll find a way. We'll fix it. But there's others that I'm like, okay, it's time to call it quits. But Lilin never calls a quits. So yeah. he will like, we've run out of water. We've run out of fuel. We've had pipes burst. We've had water pumps. So many water pumps like blow the coffee machine, like all these issues. I and these. like
0: working with your hands thing. Like yeah. I've always been a big fan and I think you've watched me do random things. Like, I'm just like, it will work. Yeah. I will do this. Like, yeah, from this stuff to, yeah, even my PT stuff, finding out that car phrase like blocks, right. they're like, like $200. And I'm like, Get out of town. No no chance in hell. That is a small step. I'm going to buy some constructual timber and just do that myself. Yeah, Mm. yeah, heaps of things like that. That that resilience and that just like capacity to be creative makes
2: such a difference. When you are doing lean startups especially. Yeah, Um, exactly. I've got to thank my dad for that. Like the reason I have every talent I have in terms of building crap or (laughs) making stuff work is my dad. Like I can remember... Um, That's so one. inspiring. Mine is for a poor upbringing. <laughs> but yours is like so I much
0: lovely. Yeah. It, it, it,
2: it was like make it work because <laughs> you got no choice. Yeah. Yeah. It, and and the thing was like I can remember like back in the day when you needed a car, we didn't have car sales. No. So I tell my dad, oh hey, we should. I
0: need to get. We a went car. around opening hoods pretending to know what you're looking at. <laughs> and be like oh mate that one there no that's, that's a bit been black <laughs> I, I, I think that that's, that's that, a bit the lighter fluid that, <laughs> that hose oh right. i don't know there's a crack i, I think it needs
2: some indicator fluid <laughs> yeah
0: it needs it needs a bit of this i'm gonna have to put like a bit of money into this yeah. i think and they're like oh I don't know. That, that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but now every P plate is driving around in like some fancy $40,000 is- drive
2: like it's, yeah. it's so quick nowadays, right? So, the, the yeah. process back in the day, this was in the what 2002? Mm-hmm. My so my dad's like, okay, back I'll, in the day, yeah, well, that's how <laughs> old in the I 70s, am, but man, yeah, but no. what 20 years ago, um, like. So my dad will be like, okay, how much do you have? So I'm like, I've got about 700 bucks. And my dad's like, I'll lend you thousand dollars. Let's go find something. So me on a Saturday morning, I'm up at 7.30. Guess what my dad's done. He's gone to the petrol station, got the trading post. Yeah, And on the night before, he's like, oh, what kind of car are you looking for? I'm like, I'm looking for a Honda Prelude. Oh, okay, what year? I um, wanted one of those. <laughs> they <laughs> were, were like, cool I cars. I've never got, got one, but I wanted one. Yeah, yeah, And the one I could afford was in 1984, which wasn't the one I wanted. I wanted a 1992, but I couldn't afford that because that was about like four and a half grand. Um, yeah. Funny enough. Yeah. Um, but at the time, so he would be like, okay, it's 1984. Great. So he goes at 6 o'clock to the petrol station, grabs the trading post, comes home, marks down every single prelude from 1984 to 1986 (laughs) that's worth roughly about $2,000. And then he'll come in and he'll wake me up and go, hey, I've marked everything up. Me being the lazy ass, I'm like, "Uh, yep, we'll get there. But that's like and then he would come home and we'll like redo everything pull out the tires you know check the brakes and all that it's definitely
1: rubbed off like even if we're going camping or something it's (laughs) like i drove from perth to sydney when i moved to sydney in a suzuki swift i had all of my furniture in a truck but i bought my doona coat hangers and my stepdad was like hold on where's your map and i'm like your map yeah. And I'm like, I've got my phone. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, I don't need a map. This yeah. is 10 years ago. Um, and he's like, you won't have reception on the Nullarbor. And I'm like, oh, right. So he gave me a map, gave me a tank of fuel, which I did need because I ran out of fuel. <laughs> Maybe more than one. <laughs> but he is you like, can't I kind of just aim west? Yeah. yeah Honestly, I was like, if I have a compass. I'm good to go like and we had chocolate like, like we the were...
0: road isn't good, <laughs> off-road is worse. Yeah.
1: So. <laughs> we did take a detour north at one point which we corrected but Lillian no, got... <laughs> <not> even... <laughs> no! even... No because of the air highway and... Uh... You no know, it was Sturt Highway and Stuart oh, Highway maybe. yeah there was a bit of a like miscommunication there with my friend that was coming with me but Lillian and I when we drove across the Nullarbor totally different situation multiple tanks of fuel multiple tanks of water Every knife you can find, everything. Every knife, everything. See, you can't He's carry like guns Ready to it. hunt. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, from I don't know, Wolf Creek, whatever that dude yeah. is, <laughs> bloody tourist.
3: <laughs>
2: Quite the tangent there. I, I, I yeah. like it. That's
0: good. Um, so, you're doing all these journeys. Uh, you bought. Uh, Lara, you got Lara going and you yep. bought the pizzeria. We, we're talking yeah. about lean startups yes. and how to just make things work. And we we're talking mostly about how you've made things work no matter what, whether it's by hand holding in water pipes or <laughs> yes. something else. Um, how does this happen with the pizzeria? Like, so you want to do a lean startup?
1: Yeah, so. We kind of threw a little bit of that out the window because a lot of everything was already there. It was just a matter of, like, were we willing to commit to, like, spending our time very differently. So Lillian was already getting up at, like, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning to open the coffee trailer, and I was commuting to Sydney. So we would then have to – I would have to stop doing that and manage the pizzeria or not have – or maybe have someone, like, manage it, which I wasn't really, like, confident – with that idea but it's like getting, a
0: whole thing to learn right like teaching yeah. and delegating to a manager yeah like I, i've got so many friends who are business owners and all of them are uncomfortable with it yeah none of them feel like that they've nailed it yet like not one
1: i think now we're, we're much more confident with it but um i later. really and i think yeah exactly i think both of us we don't like the idea of expecting something from someone that we don't know we can deliver ourselves so we wanted to know that we could own it, run it, make it work. Oh, and so you,
0: you, you wanted to do the legwork first. Yeah. You, you never want to be in that position where someone goes, you don't know, and you're like, I do.
1: Yeah, or if yeah. someone was like, oh, you know, our wait times with this, because of that, I wanted to be able to say okay, I understand that, or... Um, I like, know that, but you're wrong. Yeah, be like, okay, <laughs> nicely. Have, did you try this, this, and this yeah. to make that work? When, if I hadn't experienced it myself... So, Lilin had made pizzas before, like, when he was, like, younger, he was One a pizza
2: many,
0: maker. many of the, the work that you I've done. you got to pay yourself through aviation. Yeah, well,
2: yeah. Pizza places, mushroom farms, working for electricians, plumbers, done everything, but... Wow. The pizza one was a bit of a challenging one because I was in um, an area full of Italians and this is old school Italian. That's Melbourne. super challenging. Not Melbourne. Yeah, one of my yeah. first, yes. uh,
0: like my very early jobs was Woodfire fire pizza. Um, so I'm not gonna name the people because that's a dumb idea um, because the story <laughs> will imply why it's a bad idea. Um, I worked for them and one night, so he's an old Italian bloke, the place was amazing and being older now I also realized I was a smart ass and i deserve a little bit of what i had coming but it was still terrifying um it was the middle of service we're getting smashed and a special came up to be made so he came over to help us because he used to do like the pastas and stuff whereas me and this other dude would do the pizzas Mm. he came over to help us because we're just getting hammered and i had to make the special pizza so i've looked up at the blackboard because unlike our like Forty pizza menu that I had somehow memorized at 19 which I'm still happy about yeah (laughs) I didn't know the specials because they changed fortnightly um so I looked up at the blackboard and he's like it's this this and this I was like I'm pretty sure it doesn't have like one ingredient and he's like no it does don't question me and I was like Mm. okay because he's an old Italian dude and I'm 19 and I don't want to be punched so I I did it it goes out to table comes back and they're like it's got this on it doesn't say that on the board now (laughs) in hindsight what you don't do in that situation is exactly what i did where i went i told you like an idiot 19 year old (laughs) he gave me a look that actually made me silent and then at the end of the shift he came over (laughs) and he was i'm not going to do an italian accent because it'll just come off racist but it was if you ever ever tell me i'm wrong again regardless of whether you're right or wrong i own the business so i'm right I will throw you through the front window. Wow! <laughs> so I get what working for older traditional Italian men
2: can be like. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a whole thing. It's it's it was interesting because um, it, I was in a hardcore Italian neighborhood. Every single other person that worked there was Italian. Um, yeah. I was the only. I can easily see the brown man in the whole neighborhood. Um, mm. So it was a challenge itself. For people to see me as a pizza maker. Um, because people walking in. Um, I I can tell you the story. Because there was a guy who came in. whole Italian dude. He's like, oh, I'll have a cappuccosa. And I said, yep, sure, no worries. So I took the order. Walked up to start making the pizza. And he's like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm making your pizza. He goes, why are you making it? Shouldn't you be making curry or something? Oh, damn. Um, so, like, that day like he opened my eyes but here's the good thing about the boss he's like hey mate well, like you said the accent the Italian yeah. accent I, he's like, I, like, I can't uh, do it in uh, way, like. I, I, I'm really crap at it but I do it with Rachel when we're making pieces <laughs> <laughs> was like, too much Munzo <laughs> so he's like, come over here, mate. What's the problem? And he's like, oh, this guy's making my pizza. He goes, oh, he makes better pizza than I do. So if you don't like it, I'm really sorry. You might have to go somewhere else. So he actually protected me. But that day I realized that I had to be the best at what I'm doing right now. Yeah. So <clears throat> funny because I was teaching one of the girls that's working at the shop at the moment going, I can roll a... Um, no, like four trays of dough in like less than 15 minutes and she didn't believe me, I can like measure things by my hand and go, this is 200 grams. Yeah. No, I
0: so, will yeah, no, no. contest to that. It's yeah. so possible to do because yeah. I was I was 19 watching a guy do it being like, what? Yeah. And he could do the like throw it up. um Tossing the pieces. But he could do it with one hand, which also was weird. That was yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, like but it's, it's, it's a thing that people can learn how to do. Um I also just just quickly, I'm going to interrupt... When you were telling that story, you're like, I'm not going to do the accent, but your hands were flailing everywhere. So So you were doing an Italian accent. Um, Yeah. What were you going to say? I was just
1: going to say it comes out of necessity. I think like we're fastest at things that we've had to do really quickly. Like we had a pizza box folding competition in the shop and and I won two rounds (laughs) and we gave up on the third round because the reason being that. If I'm folding pizza boxes, it's because we really need them right now. And so I just go as fast as I can. But if there's someone who's folding pizza boxes in a, on a quiet shift, they'll just take a little bit, you know, take their time. But that's why we get fast because yeah. we have to. And the
2: necessity, and that's why, like, no, 100%. I got, that necessity makes such a
0: difference. Same with coffee, same with Indian yeah. hospitality. You yeah. suddenly... You learn you can walk quicker with more plates than you ever thought you could carry, <laughs> yes. and pizza plates. If you worked in a pizza restaurant, God, they are
2: heavy. heavy. Yep.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad we only do takeaway for yeah. yeah. one of those reasons. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: They're heavy. They're hot. They they suck. Oh, yeah. It's it's challenging. Man, that's the thing. Like I I got into it and I learned it, and this comes back to again my dad like going, man, if you are even fucking sorry, um, you can swear um, him, if you're whether you're sweeping the... Sh- floor or shoveling shit do the job as if that's your job so yeah. make sure do you do it 100 don't ever do it halfway and it's so and good that, i love that whole mentality it doesn't matter like even at home if i'm washing the dishes
0: i try and do them quicker faster cleaner like everything's got to be better than last time i realize quicker and faster are the same thing <laughs> but like I, I try and you know it's got to be better than last time and efficiency with the housework i'm like all right so if i do the washing machine first. That's going to go for this amount of time. So that gives me enough time to do this, this, and this. But for life, especially for business, not great for anxiety. No. No. It can cause you a lot of problems if you approach everything in life like this. But if you approach business like this, you do have a better time.
1: Yeah. Even like we were um, at the brewery getting um, burgers from Busy Burgers and Lillian's like, look how fast that i'm not sure who she was but charlotte the
0: younger girl maybe yes,
1: yeah yes. is like making our order like was she was one making order. It, so there was a, there wasn't a whole lot of people there because it was like midweek no, lunch they don't or something. Around
0: regardless it's just
1: like as if she had 40 orders sitting behind it and she yeah just yeah. smashed it out and we're like that's that's what you expect like yeah. you expect to be able to get your order Quickly, regardless of whether there's a hundred orders or three.
0: Yeah, that's it. And that's, that's hard to find people like that,
2: unfortunately, but yeah, you find a lot of business owners like that. Yeah. They want to do their own thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, it's like, one of the things I think is, it, I think our job now is not to like look at people going, they're no good, but to actually see how we can make them better. Um, Trying to find that one thing in
0: their personality that you can yeah. link to what you need. Yeah. Is hard. Like for some people, it's bright, shiny, and obvious. You go, that person likes to move quick, therefore, I'm going to make them speed challenges. Yeah. yeah. Other people, You've got to find that thing and really dig into it. So, like, if they're super pedantic, you're like, oh, cool. Your job is to make sure there's exactly this many pieces of this on each pizza. Yeah. Or something akin to all of
2: that. Or you find someone who's good at systems. Yeah. You put them in charge of that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. And she loves it. Like, Rachel loves doing systems. Like, you can see her, like, constantly, like, working on a laptop. Like And the thing is... I work very differently she does. She would sit on a couch and work, whereas I need to go to my desk to do my work. Like, I actually have a specific place in the shed. Like, we've, I built an office in there nice. so that I go in there and that's my place to it's work. It's really cool, yeah. actually.
1: It's like a total man cave. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Video games are probably up front and then work's kind exactly. of like I, I, at the uh, back. I, my biggest struggle today
0: is trying to do my study. Trying to do my uni study because it's gone mostly online. Uh, if Claire's available in any capacity i'm like i would rather be spending time with her yeah i'm interested in what i learn you know how they're like oh it's not work if you love it Eh, it's still a little bit of work yeah um so i have to wait pretty much this is not the healthiest thing but like i will wait till she's like just about tired and then be like cool now i'm gonna smash energy drinks and i'm gonna stay up till the (laughs) a.m getting this study done which is not you know Great. not super healthy but, but like yeah I, I don't know how you've made a man cave that has video games and that's where you get your work done.
2: well the, I've that's several, impressive i've learned something like this is what i think one of the key things for me is there has been a lot of people that has seen my potential and driven me in that area like um we were talking about Matt and J- um, jacob and deb yeah like deb's cousin and that's matt and barry i'm pretty sure i'm okay telling their names that's fine they taught me a lot of things about patience and understanding and listening like anytime i went into their offices and went excuse me matt or barry first thing barry would go is you don't have to say excuse me um and then he would actually literally put his pen down stop what he's doing and he would start looking at you and listen intently intently um as to what you're saying yeah. and then address it like she, he wouldn't say a word but you know he's listening and he takes everything he pauses for a minute then he would reply and i one of the key things same with matt like you go there with matt we were like best friends like we went to tokyo and i can still remember having a conversation about life um in this club with all these red lights and all i could like remember of the area is like a crap ton of beer bottles and i mean (laughs) how many people can say that you did that with your boss yeah and we were talking about, you know, how the future would look like, what we wanted to do and things like that. And they're really like, they're I, really good people. Oh, as but I well definitely reckon managers. the best business deals ever have been
0: done over drinks. Yeah. yeah. Like if you're a non-drinker, I am sorry. For that. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah. like, I
1: mean, coffee could be a substitute. Coffee's fine. But, but
0: like, I don't think as much practical, like actionable things have ever been done in a boardroom no. as they have been done in club or what, what, what well, that's,
1: that's where the real conversation happens though yeah, because everything's pretty toned down and filtered in the office and then people say what they think and then really mull over it and, and then come like make a decisions a in wee the bit office. of
0: irony there, doing it in japan because yeah. they have that their whole mentality like they have a they have a word can't remember it for the life of me of your personas so you have your public persona and then you mm-hmm. have the one that you let out after a few drinks and that's the real you but you don't do that <laughs> in no. the rest of the time exactly but business does kind of work that way like you've got you know you do your best to be you in your business but you do have to hold back some stuff you can't be swearing off your like yeah. craziness you can't be doing this or that you know you do try and put a, a certain foot forward but if you can have a relationship like that with your boss that'll just open up so much
2: for you right it is i mean that's what happened like matt and mary both like they got me a mentor like just to so that see what my potential is and that's the, awesome It Being was amazing. like that is... yeah like they I, I can still remember the first um book that i ever read which was productive for my current scenario, it was called Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy. Yeah. And that was given to me by the mentor at the time whose name's David Dowling. And his job was to see what my potential was. Now, here's the thing. Man and Barry knew that I was hitting the ceiling very soon at the company. Yeah. But they still kept on, you know, driving it's me. So to, nice. Oh, And that's the thing. They gave me everything to succeed. And, and I didn't actually... Like, I wasn't lazy either. See, this is one of the things a lot of people, I find a lot of employees are like, they are like, oh, the boss is not doing this for me or that for me or blah, blah, blah. At the time, my, one of my jobs was registering jobs. Or when I say jobs, it's shipments that come into the country. Uh, it was to When I say registering, it's to put it in the system. So we get papers, we got to put da- It's practically data entry. So yeah. it was a very medial job. So the way I got it interesting was I went back last year at the time I was working the year before to see how many jobs were registered in a week. And I'm like, okay, that was 42. I'm like, I'm going to beat that. And I made it 82. And then I was like, okay, then I kept a record of every single day how many jobs I registered so that I could make it exciting. Like and then I'm like, okay, we're printing way too much. You should be in
0: video game development (laughs) because that's all a video game is, right? It's like a checklist of goals and quests or whatever you want to call them. You you open the pizzeria. How does how do things go? Because you didn't do a lean startup. You said with that one, you went into it and you were like, this is what we're gonna do.
1: Yeah. So um, all of the equipment was already there and the business was already established, but the previous owners had left. And so the landlord had, he owned the equipment, he owned the building and it was pretty much ready to just like walk in, buy the stock, turn everything on and get going. So, um, yeah. So we're really fortunate in that because we like, we were pretty happy with the price. We paid for it. We bought all the equipment out, um, like signed the lease. Um, set the pizza menu and kind of half the burgers. He's much more foodie than me. I'm much more like costs um process people like how do we make this work and if we want to do something at like you know 4 30 p.m will that also be possible to do at 6 30 p.m when we have 50 orders yeah, in behind so it that's I'm that's, pro-
0: that's your approaching things yeah. yeah
1: i'm like how can we make this like scale and um yeah so whereas lolin is like he definitely thinks about that but he's like this is a good pizza this we should make like this we need yeah, to make so work
0: you, you want the product to be like this high quality something you would buy something yeah. you would enjoy and you're like yeah And then i'm like how do we make it work how do we make that work yeah, yeah. That's cool.
1: so um yeah but i think like over the last year we've learned heaps but in the last few weeks um our last sorry the first few weeks we learned so much about what we thought would work didn't work and then we just we kind of just do it and pivot and do it and pivot and then yeah I think now like we have we have a strong team how did you
0: go my my question there is how is the community responding to that because anyone who's worked in hospitality would have been more forgiving and gone look when anyone opens anything oh it, it is chaos like I know for me I went to one of the newer restaurants that opened around here um, that was like really advertised as having this Michelin star chef and being like this big deal. Um, and there were a couple things that weren't quite right, but mm-hmm. I was like, look, they just opened. It is chaos. Initially. You don't know what's going to work. You are throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. Yeah. Be cool with it. How did the community go with you guys? Cause it's a very small town, not yeah. known to be super forgiving.
1: We were actually really fortunate to be honest. Yes, like, I now I'm with you. I would never go to a like new like the opening night of somewhere yeah, because nah. I know that's probably their worst. Like they're the busiest they're ever gonna be. They know the least they're ever gonna know, like in terms of working together and what they're making, all that stuff. But um I think we like our processes weren't very refined obviously when we first started. Like Lilyn was making dough, making pizzas, they had like two people doing the whole pizza line. Um, and we had people like making burgers they'd never made before but um, yeah now we're pretty steady like we have a good flow we have people that have been there the whole time we've been open now Um, yeah I think we're pretty like confident with it but the community was amazing actually we uh, like the previous owners didn't get the best um feedback yeah
0: yeah i I think one of the they were open ready for new people
1: yeah but i thought that we would just get what everyone else had been what the previous owners had been getting, like that there was the criticism there, and that we would also get the criticism, but um, I think there was a few factors. Like Lillian, during the fires which happened in the like month before we opened, damn um, yeah. So that happened in like December <laughs> into January, and we opened fourteenth of Jan or had like, Alex.
0: It's funny because like it's such a weird time to start a, a podcast <laughs> like i'm interviewing all these people who uh, a lot of them have opened businesses in this weird period for australia let alone our area in particular where yeah. bushfires COVID, COVID, like it has not been an easy run and everyone's got a story about it but you guys were yeah. one month before that so yeah. you didn't even know because obviously with COVID there was some amount of warning there was like global news and we were like oh this is gonna reach us easily
1: well, we had so the bushfires the were bushfires happening like were december like, january bang and then i think it was like february march there was floods in picton and around and yeah. that actually impacted trade as well and then covid march april um so yeah it was really interesting but um I think one of the big things, like a lot of people got to know Lilyn during the fires because he would open the coffee trailer and make bacon egg rolls and make coffees for free for all of the firefighters and anyone Aww, working to make Just
0: like, like round of applause there. Like, oh, yeah. That just thank you. Like that. That's so kind. Yeah.
1: Like,
2: Cause like one of the key things there was, um, I saw all these people volunteering for nothing. Like, They were not asking for anything. And they're exhausted. Some some of these guys go to work at 7 in the morning, come back home at 5, go straight for a shift to fight the fires, and we are sitting at home like, oh, everything's cool, oh, don't worry about it. And has anybody seen the videos of those fires?
3: (sighs) For
0: some reason in my mind, when I knew there was bushfires, it was like, oh, a campfire gone wrong. Yeah. But the the video footage of what happened to anyone who is... Because we have a few... uh, listeners to this show in both america and mexico which Mm, i think is because of jacob but (laughs) um, those fires weren't what you're thinking about this is a wall of flame 30 meters tall yeah that's just coming towards you it was taking out the trucks as they pulled up to take it out yeah Yeah. like it was crazy i actually have um a very good mate of mine who's going to come on the show in the future um and he was a firefighter for he was a volunteer in australia we didn't have enough paid positions, so he went to New Zealand and got a paid position there. But then our fires started, mm. he so he back. came over here. But the way they were treated, like thank God for like small businesses like you guys helping them out, because he had to pay rent um, on the place he had to crash in in Australia. Like they demanded he come over, but oh. didn't really provide somewhere. Yeah. And pay rent on the place he had taken up in New Zealand, which is only in New Zealand in the first place because we don't have a job for him, despite being a country prone to his profession. Yeah. (laughs) Um. So he's paying rent on two places, not getting paid for the work he does here. Like uh, that interview is going to reveal a whole lot more, and probably yeah, be
1: really interesting. But
0: that businesses like yourself, like who were trying to help these guys, I think that was their saving grace. Like that was their. Oh, it's fine people are recognizing what we're doing
1: oh yeah and there's so many around us doing the same thing so we were like just one of like one of
2: many but one of the things was like in hilltop there was nothing there in colville there was nothing there like uh, between probably colville and balmoral um really we were the only people that was supporting but obviously going to buxton there was um a lot of yeah, there. well
1: like we had like the local stores, like yeah. the like the super, the small supermarket, the village store that were helping. now. Helping but in but terms of like ready to made yeah. food, that was we were kind of the only option. Yeah. So Berlin was, we had this big fight on <laughs> on December, the 21st twenty first of December. Yeah, I think that was the day they, the, that the, the fires, fires
2: came to Balmoral. Um, or the 23rd one of the two um, maybe maybe it's the
1: 21st 23rd. and yeah. i was it was a saturday and i was like we've got to get out of town now otherwise we're never going to get out and we were supposed to be um, in sydney and then we were supposed to go to perth for christmas and he was like i am going to be here as long as there are people here that need food and need coffee and i was like let's get out of here so um yeah that was challenging but the but he was was like he really wanted to be there for people that needed it and um i think when we opened the pizzeria there was a lot of like positive kind of praise for yeah for lillian because he did that so that's awesome i'm glad
0: that 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 is a a karma doing what it's supposed to do like you put things out there in the world to be good and then people accepted that when you opened your thing and you would have those hiccups it's fine like these are good people and they will get there
1: i think Which, the other thing that helped was um when people gave us feedback we listened and i don't yeah. think they were used to that yeah. so they had just had like a lot of pushback previously so like my the work that i've been doing prior to opening that was a lot of it was in like user experience and customer experience and working with clients to understand like and actually feedback was like the most valuable thing we had so um i was kind of kind of used to that but i don't think they had Isn't been it funny heard before how
0: many people write off feedback as unusable yeah like yeah. i know in some cases you're like oh, i can't do anything about that but you can still talk to the person and hopefully remedy it or something like that um one of my uni things right now is i have a teacher Definitely not naming names right now. (laughs) Um, But I have a teacher who consistently sends out emails, right? Like constantly. Um, And one of the things I said recently, they're like, it seems to be there's a lot of confusion over this, but it's very clear. And it's like, well, there's hundreds of kids in this course. Is it
3: clear? (laughs) Is it
0: clear? (laughs) Because if you're getting lots of emails, maybe it's you. Yeah. Um, And then another one that was like, hey, 2020s kids got it why can't you like the longer past you know the email um it's become a meme now though they're like as per my previous (laughs) yeah like that's the passive version of because you didn't fucking listen yeah Um, there was one of those it was like this is the same information provided to the students in 2020 yeah yeah so you'll be fine and it's like well if we're struggling and emailing you (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's so easy i think even it's, as like as a manager to fall into that trap though to be yeah. like this is so obvious because but you of know course the background it, stuff exactly i've got yeah. context it's obvious to me because i've spent 10 hours thinking about it yeah. to the person that's just walked in has been working for 15 minutes it may not be so obvious it's really like empathy in that regard it it's is really hard important. to
0: have it, when you're experienced with anything trying to bring it down to the user experience is a challenge yeah um but if you guys took that feedback on board that's that's fantastic and obviously it's paid out for you in
2: the long run i think it has because like one of the things with the feedback is i think now our customers understand how to give feedback someone's just saying your pizza's crap or your burger's crap
0: don't you love that some people will jump straight to a review (laughs) instead of being like hey guys forgot my cheese yeah they'll be like hey here's a scolding online review and you're yeah. like,
1: damn. Yeah. Like- We're so lucky actually in that we, you know, we do get a lot of people asking, not a lot, but we do get some people asking questions, which, if they didn't ask that question could easily have become, you know, a review that wouldn't necessarily be great, but be like, Oh, I thought that this came with that or, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I was expecting that would take five minutes and it took 20 or, you know, so we're actually really lucky that people just talked to us. <laughs> well,
0: that's so cool. And I think that's a great segue into our next section because we've sort of originated up pretty far, like mm. we're right up to the present pretty much, um, which is our sort of the mountain section here. What are the big things that stood in the way? We've gone through a couple anyway, just as part of the story. But what what stands out
2: for you guys? I think um, one of the biggest challenges was um, other people not seeing the vision, um, and I don't mean was Rachel. Me? Yeah. No, I don't mean <laughs> Rachel or anyone else. Like I said, I came from a very different background of you know, like a lot of professionals in my family. Um, who are really together, mm. um, <clears throat> telling them that I'm opening a coffee trailer, uh, was very different flying airplanes. Uh, yes. Or just and
1: any business really, yeah. like running your own business. business. It's very different.
2: And, and this was what, like a 20 grand business that I'm opening. And then the first day we trade for $48. Um, not only that, like waking up. So when we had the small coffee trailer, we couldn't cook. So I used to get up at two in the morning, um, cook like 10 bacon and egg rolls I'll uh, put it in a warmer, um, and then make some ham and cheese toasties and take the God toaster with me. Damn, man! <laughs> um, and then I'm there from four o'clock setting up the coffee trail to open at four thirty. There was a couple of customers I can still remember. One of the customers who was a very regular. He moved to Wollongong, but when he came in at four thirty, he's like, he looked around a couple of times. He was like, "Are you sure this is gonna work out?" And and that like questioned my sanity a little bit. But my answer was a very confident. Super, asked me in like three years.
0: People are super confident until they get asked that question. Yes.
2: <laughs> and and look, like like Rachel said, like when I was driving, there was one day I can remember. I was pulling the trailer. It was raining. And I thought to myself, I do not care how long it's going to take. I'm going to make this succeed. And this is going to be our thing. And this brand is going to succeed. And like... Um, I reiterated that with um, Les Brown, who's like a motivational speaker. He's got this thing, um, one speech that I have on an SD card in my car that I listened to quite often along with Jim Rohn. Um, he goes don't worry about people not seeing your vision because that vision was not given to them it was given to you that's why you see it and they don't so that drove me a lot further Um, that was one of the challenges where people constantly question going are you sure this is going to work and then people come and go oh do you reckon you're gonna pay your bills this week with this enough like how many how many coffees do you sell you know like things like that so and one big question for me when i did the pt thing was um
0: how many clients do you have which is also a ridiculous question because it doesn't really speak to the income at all because some people do one half an hour a week some people do three one hours a week like it's not very helpful but people are always like is that gonna work Mm. and i'm like damn, man, like, I'm paying my rent. Fuck off. It still
1: amazes me how many people go, is this really a viable business? How many coffees do you make? How many pizzas do you sell? People don't
0: see it as personal as you do because your heart's in it, right? Yeah. But people don't necessarily feel that because they're on the outside. They just see it as a monetary numbers game. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much more than that, and they it's, don't it's, see
1: it the same as someone asking how much. The floor. Did, they didn't. Yeah. Put yeah.
0: that bench top on. They they didn't see you be like thinking about it at two a.m. Going, this is where I'm gonna put this. This is where I'm gonna put this. This is where this is gonna go.
1: I totally understand the curiosity though, because we of walk course. into businesses and go, okay, this looks like a lot of work. Like with with what we know now, if you know, we're like, okay would if we were to do this would this be viable not like are they paying their rent like it's we're not asking in a personal way but people do really ask those questions Um, in the same way that someone might be offended by being asked like how much do you earn a year? Money yeah. to pay your rent? You it know, is it, that it, it personal, is like but that. for some reason people
0: find it acceptable.
1: Like yeah. Exactly.
0: It's the same question, but a different way. Yeah. You know, the, and yeah. It's but
1: interesting. Really it, interesting. And the very, the,
2: one of the biggest challenges I find was like, like I said, um, I've got the education to back me up to do anything. And I was on a, I was a national operations manager for a successful freight forwarding company. And people don't know what my background is. Huh? They see some random they would see me as the Indian dude make in you know, a coffee yeah. trailer, like a tiny who think it's a rebuilt, repurposed horse trailer sitting there selling a <laughs> coffee, right? And and they're going, what's this idiot doing? you know? So yeah. and and it's very my human nature was to be defensive going dude this is not my only business and i used to try to explain myself to these people that That's i have no not idea it, like, there. it's not it's it was not, not now i i just go my answer to every single person who goes do you do okay i say it depends um i say <laughs> how long is a piece of string like how much do you need and a lot of people are like this probably might be a very harsh generalization but a lot of people who are curious about how much you make or how the business is doing is the dude with the brand new flashy car who's um wondering whether he can pay the bill or the mortgage and wondering whether the business succeeds so i think one of the biggest challenges for me was that um people questioning whether my business is gonna our business is gonna work the yeah, way it's so going for to work. you it
0: wasn't necessarily their judgment you weren't worried about what they think but just being bombarded yeah constantly that's, that's different right like having constantly no matter how secure you are if you constantly get asked are you sure yeah are you sure are you sure like is this a good idea you can that's gonna to mess with though. you right yeah. like
1: Absolutely. And and
2: all you need is two things, three things to go wrong. The coffee machine stopped working and then like, you know, you burst water pipe or um, burnt out water pump. Or it could be, (laughs) hey, I've got a photo of me repairing the coffee trailer. Now, mind you, we were talking about how our house has two sheds and I've got all my tools there in a bloody Bunnings car park. Yeah. Why? Because I had to fix the coffee trailer, um, fix the water pipe before I could go to the coffee machine guy to get the coffee machine fixed.
0: Yeah. And
2: that. I mean, so the challenges like that, it was hard. Like there was times where I was questioning going, I should just go back to my freight forwarding consultancy, which was easy. I could make thousand bucks just, you know, turning left and right and type in a couple of emails. But that is not fun. Like where we are yeah. right now, our freedom, um, I, I, I constantly go, do I have a crap life? And no, like I can wake up. I've been waking up at 3.30 for the last 300 days um, and I couldn't care less. I'll do it for another five years if I have to. It
0: makes such a difference when you love what you do or love the result or love some part of it and that's been a continuous theme throughout everyone i've chatted to
1: i think for us as well we're kind of both control freaks so knowing that we are obviously like our customers have a huge influence over what we do and the products we make and how we make them that kind of thing but we ultimately can like we make the decisions in the businesses i think that's super rewarding and i think Probably the biggest challenge for me was like when you're out on the outside of owning your own business or working for yourself, it looks so scary. And then once you're in it, you realize it's actually not that bad because you're just moving from like thing to thing. Like you you get to know what you need to do. You start making money, things start working, and it's so much less scary. But everyone hmm. I speak to that's like, oh, my gosh, working for yourself. How do you know if you're going to make enough money to pay your bills? And, it becomes and it's so a bit scary on the outside.
0: Most things, it, I, it doesn't work out for everyone. Yeah, it is That is important to acknowledge. Yeah. Um, but I think for, for the most part, if you have an idea and you execute it with with passion mm-hmm. and you care about what you do and you want it to be good – um, and usually I find that the people who aren't thinking about the money, they're just thinking about doing, you know, you're a foodie and you love systems. Yeah. So you brought that together. You're like, yeah, yeah, it's got to pay itself and it's got to make money, but you're not thinking about, you know, buying a Lambo. No, <laughs> yeah. no, <way. laughs>
1: like, no. Yeah. but it's, yeah, people will say to me like, but you have a steady income. So what, like, why are you considering Giving that up, like, because we were earning decent money, and well, that's but the that
0: system. wasn't giving us what we wanted. Right? Yeah. It's you do this, so you can do this, so you can do this, and then you can take four weeks off a year. Yeah. Like, but yeah, <laughs> that oh,
3: that's,
0: yeah, I couldn't imagine anything more. I I, I take a few gripes with employment. First is being told how much I can do for a person who is in my care or is someone I'm providing a product to. Whatever mm. it happens to be, whether it's, mm. it's hospitality making food or whether it's, you a know, service. when I do PT and offering a service to them, I don't want to be told, oh, dude, you clock off at 5, don't worry about that person or don't worry about that thing. Like, that's not how I work. As, mm. as a human, I want it to be the best um, or at least the best I can provide. Uh, that's, that's first. And second of all is, like, you know, I'm a person. Yeah. <laughs> I have bad days. Like when i have a bad day as a business owner i punish myself hard like i, I feel real bad about it but i don't need extra
3: no. <laughs> i don't need
0: a boss being no. like you didn't do it and i'm like damn dude i'm already not gonna sleep tonight it's fine <laughs>
1: yeah and
0: that personality recognizing that in yourself i think half of being a business owner is knowing who you are like you you know you know you're in the systems you know you will creatively just get something done. Yeah. And if you don't know that about yourself,
2: you can't get it anywhere. Yeah. Well, Mark Cuban said that exact thing. He goes, like, if you're a business owner, you need to know what you're good at, what you're marginal at, and what you're shit at and yeah. then bring in people to do what you're marginal and what you're shit at oh, so that you can succeed. <laughs>
0: and this you is can why succeed. my
2: partner wrote those terms and conditions.
0: Because <laughs> if I wrote them, they'd be like, yeah, you're going to come in for an hour. Uh, I'm not paying you. Yeah. And that would be it. Soon. Like two sentences. See you soon. Uh, there's beer involved. Yeah. <laughs> like, where, where she writes this like long thing, looks like it's a contract. It's it does. Like, if you read
2: it you you've understood this like it, it's so good <laughs> and, and that's the important part But you part. need to know that yeah yourself. and this is again like i i was i mentioned this before like think and grow rich they talk about um Ooh. being self-aware you know like understanding who you are is is the key thing a lot of i think we grow up too much with the influence of being someone else we don't have enough time we don't study about ourselves to understand what we are and who we are. It's too much uh, of fit into the academic yuck, exactly. thing instead yeah. of
0: oh, you're actually a visual learner. Let's do this. It's more like, hey, we understand
2: everyone learns differently, but forget that. And mm-hmm. we this do, is how we <laughs> do this. And just do this. And I mean <laughs> like, like damn you, it, <laughs> you speak to yeah. all my teachers when I was younger. I was, I was a brat. Yeah, I was a brat. <laughs> and, and the thing was this, I was bored with that crap, but no one understood that. Everyone thought I was the bad child. Now, I, but like I said, like there was a lot of people who influenced me in different ways. And mainly it was my ex-bosses. Um, and one of the key things was I started learning about myself to understand who I was, how I react to things, how I deal with stress, how I get angry, my automatic reaction. A lot of people don't know what their first flight or fight reaction yeah. is doesn't that make a difference to you in life though yeah exactly and and like when i'm under stress the first thing i do is get angry if something goes wrong the first thing i do is get angry if i'm sad the first thing i do is i get angry and now that i know i can change that i like yeah. because i've always like and it's you, nothing bad
0: no I, I think a lot of people will think that they'll go oh, i you oh, if you're quick to anger it's like well no that's your programming yep Recognizing that allows mm. you to do something about it. Totally. But A lot of people will just float through life, just sort of, you know, day in, day out, being like, oh, yeah, I got mad about this, but that's understandable. And you're like, it is, but punching a hole in the wall.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah.
0: Probably
2: not a good idea. Agreed. And like the traffic. And again, like the seven habits of highly effective people. First yeah. one is be proactive. And I have learned that. And I mentioned this to Rachel the other day, because every Sunday and Saturday, she would come in two minutes to 11. And she would lose her shit because... <laughs> not
1: totally true. The lose the <laughs> shit, 100% true.
2: Because she'll come in and go, but. the wings are not cut. This is not ready. You haven't moved this out. And she's stressing out. And and here's the thing. I can see and understand why she's stressing out because quarter past well, 11... She likes all these things done. In this not only that. Then she's going to be, be bombarded by by the customers, right? Yeah. Like, and, and that stress, when when the food needs to be prepared, totally understandable. But now she could be proactive by coming in 20 minutes early. Oh. So that no, no, was no. No, yeah. no
1: he's, to, he's right in like some respects. That was definitely <laughs> happening. I would, get, I would come in maybe half an hour before and I'm like, there are so many things not done that are going to put us behind when we really like we get hit yeah. hard on a Sunday for lunch, which is great for us, but not so great if we're not ready. Um, but... Yeah, we've like, I think it's recognizing those kinds of things and figuring out how to work around them because, like, in that instance, now, like, our schedule on a Sunday and a Saturday is different, and the way that we communicate to the morning people what needs to be done is different, and all that kind it is of thing. And there's
0: a balance. You've got to but, work out how much is all right, you just need to grind to the bone to get this done, yeah. and also, eh, I'm not good at X so we can't do that we yeah to, or we have to find a way to compensate for my ex yeah. i think Point.
1: we've definitely learned like we need to get prepared before the time that we need that those yeah. goods otherwise i'm gonna lose my yeah. shit and, yeah. I, I, <laughs> and no one wants to work with me oh, in that and
2: so things like that that those are i think our challenges. it's like i my journey for probably the last three years has been being self aware, um, that's changed dramatically. I wonder if it's age dependent as well, though, because I find the same thing. Yeah, I I would say um, a bit of both. Yeah, because one of the key things was I wish all these people I met these people when I was sixteen, because my life would be so much easier. Yes yeah, and no, though. <laughs> like,
0: do you think you need to go through all those like huge crazinesses as a like a rite of passage? And also, I don't want to look back and be like, oh, I didn't fuck up. Like, yeah. I, I didn't do the stupid things. I didn't do this. Like, I'm glad I did. Yeah. Um, that there have definitely been some shocking times. That exactly w- would be better if they weren't there, maybe. <laughs> but those learning curves, and also you learn what you can deal with. Mm. You learn a new level of resilience. I, um, so, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But that's where I actually often um, come to heads with motivational speakers. What they're saying is great advice, but can't be perfect and you probably shouldn't be because you only learn from messing up yeah. you only Most learn semester, from yeah. Yeah. being on the ground being like damn it how do i get up here yeah. like that's, I, yeah.
2: I i agree to a certain extent because there was a part of my life where i did hit rock bottom and that's a different chapter i guess um but those days like one of the things that got me out was like working out completely like fully focusing on my health and fitness which yeah. worked out really well for me and i guess if i didn't go through that phase um i wouldn't have understand uh, i would have understood how rock bottom feels like so i wouldn't have empathy towards people um, w- in that
1: situation. In that yeah, situation, yeah.
2: and uh, there has been a lot of things. Like my mom was sick, and she was in hospital for a, quite a long time. And now I empathize a lot more of people going through that phase than Being I would secondary to that. Yeah, yeah, like I still get affected watching like hospital dramas, like because yeah. it's it's in 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 that in that compartment where I go, okay, this is a challenging part of your life, you know, um, because. Like, my dad was in the military, so we were very... Um, we were brought up with, like, very blasé emotions. Like, emotions were not a huge deal. Like, yeah, to ignore that just, shit, get you, the job deal, done. Yeah, yeah, deal. And, and for, a, for a very big part of my life, like, even today, I deal with crap that I can deal with and I forget about it and move on because I have that training. And um, that, I guess... Um, I don't know whether it's like cleanliness or whatever, that the cleanness of not being able to feel it was working. But then on the other hand, my mom was... Catches up. <laughs> uh, well, my mom was really good and like she was very empathetic towards mm-hmm. people. So that made me even better. Like, I think the whole, this whole journey, the challenging parts were more about understanding myself yeah. than yeah. anything else
1: which... i think yeah like we you know you, your like your dad was much like more strict my mom my sister they work in mental health and they've like our upbringing has been like very emotional in that respect Like we're very open with what we think how we feel um and it's just different and so then we're like as we when we were just working for other people um, it was pretty easy to just, like, you know, have our relationship and not have to um, kind of, like, dig too deep, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And, but now that we are, like, running our businesses together, like, and we have all of this risk together, everything is much, you know, we're much it's more open. It's magnified, I would say. It, it is, yeah. That's the
0: big thing about running a business, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's not so much that, oh, it's just the risk. Everything appears to be magnified. Yeah, yeah but it also... Dulls down some other things in life, yeah. To an unimportant degree. Yep. That actually kind of annoys some people sometimes. Sure. They're like, doesn't it bother you that this happened? I'm like, mm, mm. not at all. <laughs> so much worse stuff can happen. Like I don't, <laughs> don't care. Know. I, it's, yeah. it's funny. People it's are like, oh no, man, my anxiety was, is around like, did I fucking leave this on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's not at all about like they're like, oh someone, like, my car got hit. Like I had a oh. shocking week at the end of last year, right? So like we had those crazy floods, right? Yeah. <laughs> So my Your my workplace got flooded. Studio, yeah. Um the mats were like off the ground. This is like two bricks high. Like it was it was crazy. So then I had to cancel all my work for the afternoon, wake up at four AM, drag all the mats out, hopefully they would get sun, clean like literally pushing Dig water a out. Trench. Dug a trench, like pushed water out with a broom. Um, and then just had like all this crazy stuff and then while that was happening, somehow that day, while I was super distracted my car got hit on my mm. street just out the front of my house and no thing was left. And everyone's like damn dude, are you alright? I'm like yeah, it's just stuff yeah. like yeah. It, that's fine like my clients were all like, oh we're well, sorry about that, we'll still be in this week. Yeah. That's important. Yeah, like, yeah. They're, they're like They knew that wasn't me being lazy, that wasn't me, like I'm genuinely me all the time so they knew if i couldn't work there's a reason yeah and <laughs> it's, it's well out of my control um and then like the car is like yeah it's just money like i know it's a big deal but it's not yeah <laughs> like, the thing is no yeah, one was it is hurt none of this happened none of that happened like so many dramatic things can happen in life now and by being a, a business owner you get this magnified version of big things but this, like, super mellowed out, like, whatever The challenges become
2: not-so-big challenges in life, I, I yeah,
1: would say. Yeah,
0: things so. that have definitely bothered other people to a yeah. panic attack-inducing degree is just, like,
1: yeah. It's <laughs> kind of a matter of priorities as well, right? Mm. Like, and how do I really want to spend my energy? Yeah. Like, do I want to worry about this or that?
0: And it does get hard as a business owner. I was chatting with a mate literally yesterday, and he was talking about how... um sometimes he has problems and he understands their first world problems, but they are really stressing him out. Mm. That's totally fair enough. Mm, though. Like totally. The, and, and there's no such thing as a first world problem. No. They're all a problem. Probably, they yeah. are affecting you. Like, yep. yeah, that's pretty crazy. Thanks for sharing that one, man. That's, that's cool. Right. Rachel, yeah. do you want to add anything like what big challenges that have gotten in the way, um, either for the businesses or you as a person?
1: Um no, just I think like right on
0: the person there honestly, like, right like on the, spot. <laughs>
1: the biggest challenge always for me, I think, and it's like not just working for ourselves but like working for others is like managing people. It is a challenge, it's such a different skill,
0: I and mean, you not prepared for it. Like, and I think can... like
1: I've been working on it for like 10 years now, and it's still a challenge, like, communication. Um, just understanding people. Like, you really have to have a lot of have, empathy. Yeah. And just the patience with people. Understand, like you were saying earlier, like, what motivates people. Um, but it's – I don't think I'll ever master it, honestly. I've been spending – like, I spent at least five years prior to this, like, focus, like, 80% of my energy on mastering it, and I don't think I ever will. It's, but yeah, oh, it's, it's just a, a challenge. It's a different thing. I don't, yeah. I don't understand how anyone
0: can call themselves, like, overly qualified in psychology. <laughs> no. <Nah>. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, people. It's, it's crazy. Like, every single person has been raised in a different way to every other single person. They've experienced different things, and they respond to stuff in a, a very unpredictable way. Yeah. You can get close to understanding someone, and they'll do something really weird.
1: Yeah. And you'll be like, damn it. <laughs> and I'll have people that just, like, shine out of nowhere. Like, I've put yeah. no... Can yeah, be positive the, as well. Like, yeah, I sound yeah. like I'm real negative, but, but there are yeah. positive
0: examples as well where someone you're like, "What? I thought yeah. you were like, you know, no offense, a drop kick." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, where did this yeah. come from, dude? But we've got people
1: that have just like they've started with this. They've had they look like they've had a lot of potential, but they have just like hit the ground running and they've just been amazing. Um, and and then,
2: now there's like just hitting wall after wall. It's just like I thought you had the common sense to see that. But no. The like, common sense is the thing. not is so, so common so <laughs> on the entire planet. Like <laughs> it's not a thing. And the yes. funny thing story is I think Rachel's the better person on managing people and if she's struggling, like I, I, I've come to the conclusion that I go from zero to one hundred. It's like get this stuff done which is zero and you're doing the work or one hundred, get out of my way. I'll do everything myself. And it is crap. I understand. I
0: well, yeah, but I mean, recognizing your own in limitations. Yeah. Like you're either a teacher or you're very much not. Yeah. Like, I don't think, I think a lot of people get into teaching in one capacity or another, whether it's being a manager or being a lecturer at uni or being someone in charge of people in, a, in one of those positions. You can't predict like you, you are good at that or not yeah i don't think there's much you can manage yourself in it but i know i, no. I think that's, that's a, a, one of the few things in life you can say is you've inherited it or you haven't yeah. you can teach
2: or you can't yeah it's a different thing
0: it like, is yeah
2: and i yeah. totally agree like managing people is not my thing but starting a business is so i think yeah. what i've done yeah. is now is which is great again talking about how you two have Managed to join up and yeah. be this like
0: you know yeah. Different power styles. couple like it's 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 working out really well cool. yeah that's cool um thank you for sharing that as cool. well like the the managing people thing is something i think a lot of people will relate to it's sure. so hard in any part of your life whether you're a parent uh an employer or just you know you happen to be in a position where you have a team
2: yeah it is very, very challenging. Yeah. You should tell how you have kind of learned to do it so that the listeners will Yeah, no, give us some insights. Like what's your
1: What insights do I have? What's your what's (laughs) your what's your
2: top couple
0: list of tips? Like what what do you got?
1: Apart from just
0: have extreme empathy, which is probably gonna be number one, right?
1: Well, I think, like, you have to... Something that is hard to do when you work in a fast-paced environment, but you have to take the time to get to know people. Like, understand what motivates them. They're not robots, right? Um, They can't
0: just be an arm moving stuff around. They've got... Yeah. They have good days, bad days. They have reasons to do that or reasons to do it half fast yeah
1: exactly i think that's a big thing one thing that um i don't know if i have like a top set of tips but one thing that i actually think works really well and maybe this is a terrible idea but it works for me is if you put someone in charge of training others they will master that thing so if you have someone that you're you're saying okay so they, let's say they're doing a really good job. That's the, why, the reason why. And you really like you're confident in that person, their ability and their like their work ethic. And you say, I'm going to give you the responsibility of doing X and you're going to be training everyone else to be doing that. They will step up in most cases, like they will not only get better themselves, but they will be able to train others. Um, that's always worked for me. If someone like personally, if someone said, okay, so I'm going to need you to teach, um, all of these other people, that thing that you've just learned. And I'm like, all righty, I better pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> I better get this right. Yeah, that's cool. And, <laughs> I like and that. I that's excel in that. Such that's an incredible.
0: actionable, like, you know, tip. I like that one. Do you have another one for
2: us or are we going to leave uh, that
1: one there? What do you think? You're feeling like you're still else? learning.
2: I think like you said learning what motivates them because money can push you only to a certain extent oh it's so weak a motivator yeah, though it, it is yeah. and that's why like I think that's not the only thing
3: I, I think most just... people
0: don't want to admit it but money is not that hard to yeah, get yeah. so in... as a motivator like it, it's challenging in some ways but you can make it work in
2: almost every case um
1: i like, it's not peace. enough to make you feel no,
2: good at your job. I mean, in a day and age where a gamer can make a million dollars a year, <laughs> um, us saying we'll give I'll you do $2 stuff more... that for free all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, like us paying $2 more or $5 more an hour is not a great motivator. So like to a certain extent, I found that it works. But past that, I think the key point is really... Like I have done one of the key things I've done now is talk to them for a couple of hours during the shifts um, and then understand what their future is like. And um, if I see that there is potential, um, I tell them about, you know, money management and and,
0: personal development. Relative to where they want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like if someone wants to go into like, a completely different industry but there's something that relates in some way how can you tap into that um especially we have like a few people that work for us that are still like at school that work at nights and weekends and they're not their goal is not to work in hospitality long term but are there things that they could be learning and developing in our business that will help them in the future leadership
0: skills management skills like all of those applicable across the board no matter what the industry is
1: yeah even like we have like um, one guy he's 15 works for us he did a um his work experience was with a plumbing company in our town and um our tap keeps coming loose and he tightens the tap and it's just like such a small thing but it meant means so much to me and like just just little things if you can connect them it's kind of cool that's
0: awesome all right guys do you have any local businesses you would like to shout out oh not local really like do you have shout outs for us
1: yeah i think initially getting going in the um coffee trailer rush roasting like baby terry was amazing for us not just in like teaching but just the support and just you know coffee related business related whatever he's been amazing i must admit
2: like We we were snobbed off by a lot of people when we were starting off with our tiny coffee trailer.
3: Coffee
0: is also one of those things that unfortunately comes with like its own version of like
3: Snobbery.
2: Yeah. (laughs) That's (laughs) the kind of word that I was gonna use. Yeah. So I must admit like Baden spent probably five, six hours of his time um guiding us through it and, you know, going like and to hear someone from the industry going, good on you guys, great, let's do it. Um, I really want to thank Baden for that. I think we succeeded partly because I had that one guy who believed that it was going to work. Yeah. Um, and another person would be Will from Mustard Holdings. Um, he, um, he supplies our eggs, um, which is a pastured egg farm. Um, one of the key reasons I think he's amazing is you should bring him on. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's got a sustainable farm. He uses solar power for everything he does, um, and he oh, that comes. From, awesome. Yeah, he Is came really from a very. Profe- yeah, guy. he came yeah. from a professional environment. He's now a farmer. Um, he uses like he created this thing where um, composting by having a compost heap. He's now heating water. Um all of oh, that. Makes this, sense. Yeah. Like so it does a lot light of off a lot of energy. Yeah. A mm. lot of sustainable stuff. So Will from Mustard Holdings, um, he supplies our eggs and like his innovations and like the things he does in Corwell, I don't think he's recognised much. So I think um, you should bring him on. But, yeah, thanks to him for supplying fresh oh, yeah. if I had us. more
0: time, I would love to get, like, every single one. Yeah. Of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but definitely I'm getting a list of every person who comes on because so everyone yeah. has their own network. So, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely pass along those
2: things. And Mangan Meats as well. Yeah, from, Mangan
1: Meats. Tony from Mangan Meats is man, awesome. Mangan? Is it Mangan? Magics? Mangan. No, they're different. Cool. Yes. Yeah, a different cool. one. Different. Yeah, <laughs> just, just checking. Yeah, yeah, Damn. different to the other <laughs> one. Interrupting the phone. Yeah, okay. yeah. And um Georgia Highlands Fresh. Like they're um, awesome in yeah. terms of the like the fresh produce, fresh meat. Um, and the last one's probably Tom from Send Eats. Yeah. Who, yeah. We, we've
0: had Tom on, so his episode yeah. Uh, I think it'll come out before you guys, in theory.
1: Cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah awesome. Yeah,
0: but Tom's great. Yeah.
1: yeah, they've been, like, this last weekend, dealing with really terrible roads due to all of the water and the yeah. flooding and the potholes and the almost running off the road and stuff. But, um, yeah, they're getting all of our, our goods Divorries out there out. to yep. our customers. So that's oh, been cool. That's awesome. All right, well, yeah. thanks
0: for that, guys. Cool. I'll get a list and they'll all be in the show notes. So we'll,
3: we'll
0: make sure they all get shouted out correctly um our last section is our crystal ball section so in this part i get you guys to talk about what you're doing and where it's leading right now um so yeah all the listeners can hear what you
2: pair are up to um so in terms of what the future holds i think with lara coffee one of the key things for this year will be to just um expand on what we have right now um build a bigger customer base um build on our menus things like that now with the coffee bar in hilltop um i think one of the biggest things is we've got a commercial kitchen handy and um we can you know come up with different menus for um
0: because that's an important point you expanded the pizzeria as well so exactly.
2: now, now you have more than
0: more than what you were doing so it's not burgers and pizza you have burgers pizza coffee yeah like so we took whole. like
1: the whole of next door which is about the same size as the pizzeria so you and literally then double that's, the
3: business
0: yeah.
1: yeah that's the coffee bar um, the runs like in the morning from six o'clock or eight o'clock on weekends and
0: covering each town morning at a time
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: exactly
2: right. and, and i think that's where we are at the moment so this year will be more mainly focused on building on what we have um but we um, i'm talking to probably one of the key coffee people who everyone would know in and around the southern highlands um, uh, who might want to um, join with us but it might not be under the lara brand it might be a different brand mm-hmm. um to come up with something that's in in the in the works at the moment oh, i like that it's tease. very well done <laughs> it's mainly on on just um on a piece on a napkin i guess the idea is there and uh, it's slowly best progressing. business plans <laughs> <laughs> best business plans um and then i think um in in terms of um uh, our next idea probably is to just invest in capital probably um on other people's businesses i think um, oh, so you want to move to the silent investor game yeah um uh, that's one thing that i've um actually looked at quite um seriously i think um like i said i i well like rachel was saying i i see ideas in and around when, when we're having a drink or whatever and um a lot of people actually wanna go ahead with it, and I think um one thing I wanna do is bring in what I'm good at um and probably help out um financially as well to um invest in something. I'm not talking you know millions of dollars, but um yeah. small businesses, and that's probably something. I'll be looking at in the next year or two as well. Uh, I think Rachel Mm -hmm. might have a few different things to...
1: Yeah, I've got totally different plans.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's cool
0: cool how separately (laughs) you guys operate, but together. Yeah. Yeah. Like you bring it together for the things that you recognize you can use each other for and be productive with. But you, you you have your own stuff going on, you have your own lives, which is really cool. It's yeah. called a watch anyway for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, mine are not really even plans. To be honest, my My plan was to just work as many hours as I could, save us as much hours as we could in, in wages for other people and just, like, keep going until we couldn't go anymore. And then Lillian hired a few really really capable people that mean that and we have a few already that mean that I don't really need to be around in the business as much that's as awesome. I was before that's where really you cool be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's really really cool so um I was planning on just like just keep going we're working like Lillian works seven days a week I was doing working seven days a week and now cut down to five, which is so, Huge. like, feels like I'm only working two days a week because yeah. of the difference. Um, yeah, so this year I'm just going to work a little bit less. That's my entire plan is work a little bit less. The other thing is we haven't seen our families for, because of COVID, because his family's in Melbourne. Well, it was Melbourne. Bushfire then
0: COVID. Yeah. yeah mine's really in. limited moving around.
1: I actually left halfway through the bushfires and went to Perth for Christmas, so he's dealt with the whole situation here for our family. Um, but since then, I haven't seen anyone, and he hasn't seen um, his family either. So I think this year will be a, a lot of reconnecting. Like, I, we haven't... It's been over a year that we've seen anyone yeah, must- in... that I would not go more than three months without seeing my family prior to this. So So that's a big deal. That's cool. We're really looking forward to that.
2: Yeah, I do want to see my family as well. Just (laughs) putting it out there. (laughs) I I do love you family. (laughs) If you're listening to this. Yeah.
1: yeah, Yeah, So we're just looking forward to like maybe a bit of a different pace this year. Yep. Yeah.
0: You'll actually find I, or at least I found getting family to listen to, these things are actually much harder than everybody else. <laughs> Whatever is. I don't know if they're just sick of me. Um, but, like, yeah, so Claire, who I consistently shout out, like, pretty much every episode, just thank her for being so patient and kind with, with getting all this off the ground and just supporting me. I think she's only listened to, like, two that I put on in the car.
3: Wow. <laughs> because
0: we were driving somewhere. <laughs> and that's not, like, a support. It's just, the, I don't know, there's... They, I, I they think the people you close the to you are probably sick of hearing your shit Like yeah. they've already and they, heard I it heard and I already tell her right. the highlights anyway yeah. Like I'm like, this person said this And she's like, cool, I don't need to listen to it Thanks for spoiling it <laughs> I'm like, damn, okay, yeah. fair enough so, yeah. yeah, so don't worry about it That's yeah. right. I'm sure they know you love them <laughs> So that's the plans, we're going to um, move into investment We're going to get around to a bit of self-love As well yeah. as just seeing the family a little bit more That's yeah. awesome well, thank you guys so much for coming on. You're the thank first you. two-person interview. Oh, wow. very um, Thanks for having which us. Is really cool.
1: Yeah, this is so much fun. Thank you for having
0: us. No, you're very welcome. Um, and, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens next and get more pizza and wings for sure. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, I those love days. those wings. They're great. Awesome, guys. Thank
3: you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.